A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. And you can tell that they're starting to rekindle that romance mm-hmm. as a function of her dalliance with uh, Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. I am here. And we have a very special guest today. Yes, we do. Hello! Dave Irwin is here in the studio. Uh, a little background about yourself? Um... I don't know much, yeah, but I know movies. <laughs> but I know how you know I movies. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, here it comes, here it comes. We don't, we don't do enough Aaron Neville on this podcast. Yeah. I do a great Aaron Neville. Uh, we, yes, you know movies. I know you as someone who constantly goes to theaters, constantly, or, and is I have always. No life. And even though I hate Facebook, I occasionally will get go on Facebook and I'll see. You know, me bitching about something, <laughs> something that yes. I just saw. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, today, um, uh, so last month we had a comment in Facebook. Ironically enough, <laughs> I don't hate you guys. I hate the medium. Um, the uh, that uh, was asking if we would do an LGBTQ themed episode because it was was it pride month last month it was uh two months ago yeah Yeah. yeah. it was two months ago yeah it was and we at the time you guys are a little late yeah well (laughs) we at the time were in the middle of doing about six or seven episodes of this of this podcast and had gotten done with most of them through july uh (laughs) and so we didn't have we didn't have time to do one but we figured why does it have to be a month? That's right. Why do we have to do it in June? Yep. We can do it anytime. Why don't we do it in August? Okay, that's what we're going to do then. <laughs> um, so this is going to be kind of a free-form discussion. Uh, but one thing, I saw a movie recently that came out in the 90s called The Celluloid Closet. Yes. And uh, and we both discussed, discussed this movie a little bit before. It's a little dated now. A little. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's more, than, more than a little. But uh, in that movie, uh, they discuss, like, basically the evolution slash devolution of, of uh, the depiction of LGBTQ community mm-hmm. in these movies. When it first started off before the Hayes Code, right. there was this sort of like, okay, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. And But then the, the Hayes Code came in, and they basically shut all of that out. And then anybody who was shown as gay, they would never say the words, no. but they would sh- they would make it where people in the Midwest knew. Yeah, it became a certain stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the 20s... Um, like you said, they could do whatever they wanted in movies. In fact, uh, heterosexual men could even be affectionate towards other heterosexual men, and it was okay. Um, and then 
but still back then in the silent films of the 20s, uh, if you were a gay character, you were um, basically what they called the sissy. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody with limp wrists who hmm. would prance around, um, um, always bitchy or always uh, considered a coward. Yeah. Um, the Hayes Code came around, and uh, that came out of what the Motion Picture Production Code, I want to say it was... Uh, a politician from Indiana. You didn't know you were getting a history a, lesson. A, a postmaster general. <laughs> yes, named uh, William Hayes, yeah. who was the um, who was the campaign manager from uh, for um, Harding, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Warren G. Harding, and uh, got him elected. And then two years after uh, he was in his cabinet, he he resigned and and became chairman of the uh, Motion Picture Production and Directors uh, Association, and then. Um, kind of en- enlisted this production code along with the Catholic Church and the the quote-unquote League of Human Decency to where <laughs> oh, we were going to eliminate profanity, nudity, um, other ridiculous things like open-mouth kissing mm-hmm. from movies, uh, lustful embraces. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing was sexual perversion because they didn't really have a, a term for homosexual. Mm-hmm. Back then it was sexual perversion. So uh, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, early 50s, um, you saw none of that. And so everything was pretty much censored. And the gay characters were represented, like I said, as sissies. Uh, Lesbian characters were butch or jail wardens or pimps or um, prostitutes, what have you. There's a good quote in that uh, documentary that says um, Hollywood was teaching straight people what to think about gay people and teaching gay people what to think about themselves mm, yep. at the time. So in that time, gay people, gay characters were a punchline. Then you get into the 60s and 70s where gay characters are to be pitied. And then you get into the late 70s, early 80s where where gay characters are the victimizers and murderers and mm-hmm. some, something to fear. Um, so in a nutshell, that's what that documentary the cellular closet is about just the history of of gay representation in films from the early days. Thank God, since that documentary came out, things have changed in cinema with LGBT characters. Um, a good example would just be films like Booksmart from this year, yeah, mm-hmm. and even Love Simon from last year, where it's just being gay is a completely non-issue. Mm-hmm. You know, non-issue. I loved Love Simon so much. <laughs> it was a great movie. Yeah, it was. Um, I called it the gay John Hughes film. Um, <laughs> there you go. But uh, even and Booksmart was probably one of my favorite films of this year because you know you got these two best friends, one of which is gay. Her best friend Beanie Feldstein is very supportive of her. All of they're they're partying with the popular kids, the geeks, the drama nerds, mm. everybody. You know, there's not a disparaging comment about uh, anybody's sexuality in the whole movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes me hopeful for the future. Yeah. I remember going to see Love, Simon last year with uh, one of my good friends, uh, Tiffany. And just, Tiffany was just, and I were just looking around the theater at uh, all these cute little gay and lesbian teenagers who came to the film to see this movie, and they're holding hands. And I thought, God, t- t- 25 years ago, that would have been me, but I didn't have this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just amazing how far we've come in that short amount of time. Yeah. Um, Even in the 90s, I mean, you think about, like, what what's a cultural touchstone for besides maybe the celluloid closet that uh, that would that would 
connect with with gay with teens. teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, yeah, there were there weren't any for teenagers for sure. No, there no. were several like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, mm-hmm. uh, that came out, I believe, in '94. Yeah. Um, Mid '90s was a big renaissance for drag queen movies. You know, that <laughs> yeah. That movie, Tu Wong Fu. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Birdcage to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for me, you know, I was in high school from 1990 to 1994. I'm old. <laughs> um, and going to Blockbuster, sc- being in Blockbuster for two hours, scouring each individual genre, trying to find something that might be a little bit gay, mm-hmm. that might talk to me. Um, I'm, the foreign film section was my friend back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Pedro Aldomovar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the early 90s had a renaissance of what they call new wave queer cinema, where uh, gay filmmakers were uh, making movies about themselves, uh, making movies about uh, gay and lesbian characters who were kind of uh, rejecting heteronormativity and uh, living outside of uh, of the confines of normal society at the time. Uh, Greg Araki yeah. yep. was doing it. Um Derek Jarman was doing some great movies back then. Uh, Gus Van Sant. Yeah, my he did my own private Idaho, right? Which is which is the movie. I, I could go off for hours about this movie, but I won't. I promise. I won't <laughs> you. That was the movie that I saw. Which after I saw it, I knew I was gay. Hmm. Hmm. I had River Phoenix does that to people. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. He really did, and to a certain extent, uh, Keanu. Yeah, that's true. Um, God bless Keanu. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember watching that movie, and I had I had f- had feelings towards boys and men. When, you know, when I was you know really young, and I knew I was attracted to men. But I remember watching my own Private Idaho, and after it was over, recognizing that that was me—that I was a gay man—and mm. like putting a label on myself, and then rewinding it. VHS, God, how old are mm-hmm. you, Dave? Yeah. Um, rewinding the movie and wanting it and watching it over again and wanting the ending to be different, mm. but knowing it wasn't going to be different. And uh, just wanting so much that feeling that um, River was projecting towards his friend who was not necessarily reciprocating those emotions, which later became the story of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, because they end up. Not to spoil the movie, mm-hmm. but they end up he one of them's in Rome, right, and then the other one goes back to the U.S. Well, they both they they both go to Rome to find River Phoenix's character's mother because mm. they've been told that they, that uh, that's where she's gone off to, and they go and they find out she's not there. River comes back, but the whole basis of this movie is it's kind of a retelling of Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth, mm. um, where Keanu is sleeping with men on the street. He he, came, he comes from a very uh, affluent, wealthy family. I think his dad's a politician or something like that. But he's sleeping with these men on the street, and he's just basically biding his time before he inherits a shit ton of money from his dad. Mm. And so uh, I think Rivers' character knows that his time with, with Keanu's character is limited because once he inherits all this money, I mean, that's it. He's he's leaving the streets. He's he's leaving his friends, leaving the lifestyle. Mm. Um, and inevitably, that inevitably that's what happens. Um, so where was I going? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it had a big impact on you. It had a huge impact on me. Um, 
more so than any gay themed film during that time like i said i was going to blockbuster renting all of these movies um but it was that one um that had such a profound influence on me i still didn't come out of the closet till for another a good six or seven years later Mm. um to my parents at least Mm. but i felt comfortable at that moment to come out to everybody else to friends and Mm. and all the people i was close to Mm -hmm. um so that film um was my biggest uh, epiphany, I hmm. guess, hmm. in the time in, in during that time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so sort of, uh, and and we're just reading, we're going back over some ground here. You know, we're talking about the celluloid closet, and you know, and and I'm not saying that we got off track. I don't want don't want, <laughs> don't want anybody to think that we did that. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> just when I when I say this, but I, there were some things that you had brought up as sort of an overview with that movie mm-hmm. that I wanted to also bring up that they that. You know, they they talked about like how some characters they never really said that they were gay, right? And they but they would do things that would make it seem like, uh, especially the the and I don't remember the character name in Rebel Without a Cause who Plato, yeah, Salminio's character, right? Who's in love with the James Dean yeah. character and everything, and it's and uh, he's got his, a picture of Alan Ladd in his locker, a picture of Alan Ladd <laughs> in his locker, yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, they give you clues and everything, but. Uh, his his character would all his character met a, a fate that so many would in this because they weren't allowed to live by the end of these no, movies. No. They were almost always killed somehow, some way, and or committed might, suicide, or committed know. suicide. Which is uh, they brought. I saw this movie on TCM uh, a long time ago. The uh, what is it called? The uh, Children's Hour. Children's Hour. The Shirley Children's McClain. Hour. Yeah, Shirley MacLaine and Audrey Hepburn. Yes, and uh, hmm. a a a a little girl sees them in some sort of an embrace and takes it the wrong way mm-hmm. and tells someone about it and it basically sort of ruins Shirley MacLaine's right. life and and they were talking about how even in the even in this 90s thing they're talking about how yeah you wouldn't show a, a character like Shirley MacLaine you know just kind of like so wrought with guilt over over all this because she really does have feelings for audrey hepburn but the the embrace was nothing no no and uh and so she she's just got this guilt in her and she's like beating herself up over it and everything uh but yeah in that one they it's a it's got a big huge you know uh suicide scene and and everything and uh, and so they showed this sort of in a montage and i was like holy crap that's so true uh the funny ones though are the ones where they got away with a whole bunch of stuff uh in spartacus oh god (laughs) what did they get away with in spartacus uh, you can buy probably probably better than me. Okay, so it's been forever since I've seen Spartacus, but um, that was the one with Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. That's when he becomes the body servant to uh, yeah. King, and they had to cut a scene, even though it was sort of like in code. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to cut a scene where uh the uh, the guy with that Tony Curtis is servicing in this, but he says something to the effect that. He likes both oysters and snails. Exactly, and uh, and they had, and they had to cut and they cut the they had to cut that. Wow. I like yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, I like both of them. Um, Just so you know what you're in for. Yeah, as my body servant. Right, right. They had to cut that. Um, but, All the machinations and craziness. And there's mean. scenes with uh, Montgomery Clift and I can't yes. remember the other actor. Red but River. Red River, where they're comparing guns. Where they're comparing guns. It's John Ireland as the other actor, and mm-hmm. uh, they're comparing 
comparing guns as if they're comparing cock sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another scene, because that's one of my favorite movies, that they don't talk about in that documentary, where uh, these characters have been traveling for days and days and days, and um, the sexually frustrated scene where Montgomery Clift picks up a horny toad <laughs> off the ground <laughs> and just hands it to John Ireland, gives him a look. <laughs> and John Ireland looks back at Montgomery Clift and gives him that same knowing looks like yeah we're we're both fucking horny yeah so, <laughs> let's, let's do something yeah. um they they got away with a lot Hitchcock especially yes there's something gay in almost every single Hitchcock film <laughs> um but also during that time they would also take books that had gay characters and adapt them for films and erase the the, the gay subplot or main right plot, what what all together um you were talking about the children's hour they actually did an earlier film of that called these three where instead of the two women having an affair they made it a love triangle between uh, a man and two women oh that's right so yeah. um, hmm. and uh i can't remember what the name of the other movie was where they uh a, a, instead of a, a gay character being um persecuted they made it a jewish character being persecuted you know they would do shit like that just to, yeah yeah just to avoid the topic of sex perversion hmm. right back mm-hmm. in those days so. and then then the Hayes code started to soften a bit in the mm-hmm. 60s they it wasn't completely out but they uh they would still put in characters but they were always there was they showed one movie that i don't remember the they actually the one thing the celluloid closet is awful at is showing titles of the movies and, and yeah. showing, oh, I hate that. And you kind of have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. And they may bring it up and Thank you're, God for Google. Right. You may bring it up, but there was a, there was one movie. I think it was a guy who helped write on the waterfront or he was involved with it in some way. And it was some movie about the docks, something about the, there was some CD uh thing like and uh and like a a guy who's very curious about it goes out to the docks and he sees these men holding hands this is in the 60s yeah yeah. men holding hands kissing all that and then he goes into a bar of some sort and it was and it's sort of like this stark thing about like how like how they light the bar and Mm -hmm. everybody's in shadows Mm-hmm. And this is all just very seedy and very, very, yeah. you know, like, uh, you don't want to do this. You don't want to be like this guy. And this, uh, this guy obviously is gay, but he, it's, it's, it's something to be feared all the way through and everything. I think that's advice and consent. Advice and consent. Okay. I think the, the, at least the one with the gay bar. Yeah. Um, I think the one with the docks is a different movie, but advice and consent movie. is, is a political movie and it's, and I hate political movies, but, uh, back in, and it's it's very convoluted, but uh, long story short, one of the characters um, is being blackmailed by the government and uh, basically is confronting the guy that he had sex with who who sold his story to to uh, the tabloids at this gay bar, this like seedy, darkly lit gay bar. Mm-hmm. And the other guy recognizes him and goes out and, and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They, you know, I needed the money, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of just gets in a cab and throws this guy's head into the into the gutter yeah um so i think yeah that's that movie advice and consent mm-hmm. um but again uh something to be pitied uh suicide death or living a miserable life that was the that was the outcome of gay characters back in those days mm. 
but uh, one movie that they talk about that sort of brought on a a brief resurgence and i don't know if you've ever seen this william freakin's the boys in the band i have you've seen this okay Mm -hmm. but again it's it was applauded for being a movie that uh normalized gay men and and especially gay friendships uh back in those days uh you it was the first time you really saw a community of gay men coming together um that one takes place uh, i think they're throwing a birthday party for one of their friends is that in the 70s? It's 1970, I do believe. Yeah. It's like right at 1970. Because he did Cruisin'. Y- yeah, which, in, which, was which we'll the, get to. Yeah, 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 yeah. and, and that, that's another part of the celluloid closet. It's talking about how this movie comes out. Now, mm-hmm. are you saying there's some negative connotations to well, Boys in the Band now? Not, I mean, the good thing about that was it's 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 normalization of of and humanization of, of these gay men. Um but still, at the end of the movie, they end up, or at least the main character ends up completely miserable. Mm. Um, so <laughs> they're actually remaking it, I think, on Netflix with, uh, I think, Zachary Kinto and Matt Bomer and mm. uh, Jim Parsons and uh, I think Andrew Reynolds, uh, all the all the hot gay actors. <laughs> right, so they're, right. They're actually gay actors, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so maybe that ending will be a little more... Yeah. <laughs> the, it, yeah i'm not sure how big of a hit the boys in the band was but uh the 70s uh, then brought along the well now that now that this is normal let's turn them into villains and mm-hmm. and things so there's a, a one that uh it's a what movie it's a J- james con movie that they show freebie in the bean <laughs> freebie in the it's bean. A buddy comedy a bunny cop movie <laughs> oh. back in the 70s yeah. the killer is a transvest or they called it transvestite back then it's, right it's a trans right. man or trans woman yeah and they talking about how sort of the glee the movie takes with him shooting yeah and just like it, one bullet mm. would have been enough in you know because you're not only shooting the bad guy you're shooting the homosexual yes <laughs> yeah. and they said that uh you know you would be in this theater and people would be cheering because hey the villain but you're really also cheering the fact that this right. this is a trans person mm-hmm. and we're, we're we're getting rid of that that we're eradicating mm. it and so on it's it's way over the top how many times he shoots her too wow. it's yeah. it's crazy what is it called again freebie and the bean yeah it's a i mean don't you just want to watch it based on that title though yeah (laughs) and there's another one that shows like a couple of hitchhikers who want to rob the guy in the car oh yeah i can't Um, remember the name of that one and uh and you know that's another one where you know they get their just desserts get beat up and thrown out and all that what about diamonds are forever with the two gay guys who are uh, attempting to kill James Bond. Oh, yeah. My God, I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that. Oh, wow. I can't remember what their name, Mr. Something and Mr. Something. Yes. I I can't even remember. Oh, man. Those guys were... since I've seen it. They were genuinely creepy on screen. Yes, yes. But they were meant to be, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this leads into Cruisin', which... uh, Cruisin', yeah, Yeah, which Al Pacino... uh, it's uh and i've never seen this movie i saw one scene from it where it was basically this violent encounter outside of a bar mm-hmm. what was the deal with cruising what was uh well cruising is a film where there's a series of murders in the gay community in new york especially um uh during the in, in the leather scene uh in new mm-hmm. york um and al pacino is a police officer who's uh enlisted to go undercover in as a as a gay man uh and go into all of these quote unquote seedy gay places and and see if he can find this murderer. 
Um, it has an ambiguous ending. Um, I think it's a good movie. Mm. Now, looking back on it uh, at the time, I could see why LGBT people were protesting it because they thought at the time, and maybe rightfully so, you know, that it was uh, exploiting gay culture, that it was saying that all gay people were murderers and and uh, that it was... Uh, that they were showing the uh, the sex that goes on in these leather clubs as uh, something that was uh, just shocking, and that gay people were just dirty and perverted mm-hmm. and vile, and you know. So I think that's what they were protesting more more so than anything. Not actually, maybe not really the plot of the movie itself or or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a, it's an interesting film. Um, it's very divisive amongst uh, the gay community. Um, Pacino is very good in it, though. Pacino is very good this in is it. In... So you've seen it? Yes. Okay. It's been a while, but this is uh, after, of course, Godfathers and stuff like that, after Dog Day Afternoon, after Serpico, mm-hmm. uh, but pre, like, you know, obviously Carlito's Way and all that stuff. So he's really in his prime right now. And, yeah, he's really, yeah, really good. Yeah, it's like 1980, I think. Yeah. So it's right, yeah, 1980. Yeah. Um, okay. Gonna just randomly, uh, randomly do something here, Jeremy. I know that you've been sitting there, sort of like listening, and I under- mm-hmm. do you have any movies you want to bring up and talk? I about? do, <laughs> Jeremy. You've been awfully quiet. On this topic. <laughs> um, the thoughts going through my head. Well, first of all, I very recently watched Boy Erased on HBO. Ooh, um, Lucas <clears throat> Edges, Russell Crowe. Yes, Nicole although Kidman. I did not know Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman were in it. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought. What's his name? Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges. That was the only actor's name I knew going in. I had already seen Miseducation of Cameron Post. Mm-hmm. They came out the same year dealing with similar topics. <laughs> yes. Right, right. But the Miseducation of Cameron Post feels ultimately like a high school movie mm-hmm. that just happens to have this plot through it, whereas Boy Erased is a much more dramatic, hard to watch in, t- in some places. There's much more of a sense of urgency. There is. And see, now my, get out. my dad was a preacher. Um... In, in what would at the time have been considered an evangelical denomination. Um, and, and this was a fascinating movie for me to watch, just as sort of seeing how much of my own parents might be reflected here. Um, would Is this what would have happened in my life if I had come out to my parents as gay? Would they have sent me to a place like this? I like that the movie ends with a, a hint of reconciliation. Um, I like that Russell Crowe's you know, father, he's not, he has some scenes where you really don't like this guy, but no. I, I didn't feel like they stopped loving him or didn't love their son. They just wanted a different thing for him. Also super distracting if you watch them in the order I did, because this movie has a, a character named Cameron at the gay conversion place. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, like they say his name three or four times in the opening and I'm like, ah, oh, it's the same. Um, so that movie is fresh on my mind. Great performances. Uh, it is good. I would recommend that over Cameron Post every day of the oh, week. Oh yeah, Cameron Post. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think I didn't. I wasn't offended by Cameron Post. No. I just didn't feel like it took the topic as seriously as Boy Erased. So I, I was anxious to see it as soon as I saw it was coming on HBO. I want now. Have you guys seen that? I haven't. I, I remember it coming out, and I wanted to see it. But uh, is it a is it Netflix or is it did it come HBO. out in theater? Oh, it, it was in the theaters. It was in the last year. Okay, so, so the I missed I missed yeah. it when it came to the theaters then. Um, but yeah, I have to I have to watch that. So thumbs up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. obviously I mean, not the subject matter, but well, movie itself. Yeah, it, yeah, not what he goes through, but I think that is a that's a real thing. 
right? Like he goes on at the end to, to write an article about sort of exposing what the gay conversion therapy is really all about. It made me wonder if this was loosely based on a real person's experience. Mm, it was actually. Was it really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I would like to read more about that person or more, more of what they might've written. Yeah. It's a, it's basically a true story. Yeah. Um, it, I, I agree with you. It was a great movie. Yeah. I did identify with it more than, than the miseducation of Cameron post. Now I will say that, uh, the miseducation of Cameron Post, um, I think maybe having conversations with my friend, my best friend Tiffany, who's a, who's a lesbian, she identified with that movie more than she did with Boy Erased, so maybe that's a gender thing it could be. Um, yeah. there. Um, but like I said, there was a more of a sense of urgency with him needing to get out of this conversion therapy, yeah. whereas with Cameron Post, it's like they could... Basically they walked left the fuck any, out of there. Yeah, dude. yeah. They just, just like hey, they just left. We're in the woods. They just got in a truck. And, and <laughs> yeah, left. Seriously, I mean, there were some horrible people at that conversion therapy camp, but still, um, you know, not as horrible as Flea mm-hmm. was <laughs> in uh, in uh, Boy Raced. Yeah, um, and great performances. Uh, it was a much much better experience for me to watch that than the other. I just felt there were times with Cameron Post where. The filmmakers weren't sure what they were trying to say. Is, are we are we making jokes? Is this a serious drama? Yep. We'll do a little mm-hmm. bit of each. Whereas Boy Erased knew what it wanted to be all the way through. Yeah. The director of Cameron Post is a is a very talented woman named Desiree Akavan. She had a a, a web series back in 2010, 2011, uh, called The Slope, and it was basically that TV that uh, TV show that uh, that web series was about uh, superficial homophobic lesbians. And I highly recommend it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. So maybe I think that's where she was coming from when she did Cameron Post. She was she was wanting to inject some of that comedy okay. into that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it it almost got there, but it it made it ultimately confusing, right? Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. If she had leaned into that a little bit more, I think that would have been good. Yeah, because uh, I like me some Chloe Grace. Mm-hmm. She's a great actress. She is, she's and she's good in that. Um, I also think a lot about Friends. The TV show, yeah. How, <laughs> Do you really? How how um how progressive was Friends? Not at all. No, yeah, like not at all. Like they do a lot of the stuff that you were talking about back in the twenties and thirties about like if it's a lesbian, she's butch. Like the, mm-hmm. the, I brought this joke up on the podcast before, where Ross goes to his ex wife's house picks up a picture and says when did you meet bruce springsteen and mm. the now lesbian wife says that's our friend kelly or whatever yeah, right yeah, yeah. that friends is full of that I like i love the show but it's there are episodes that are hard for me to watch there's mm-hmm. a lot of chandler stuff where he's afraid to be seen as anything close to gay mm-hmm. um he and joey hug too long and they go oh maybe we should do there's a whole a whole run where chandler keeps not understanding manly things and everybody keeps telling him he needs to watch ESPN more. Uh, um, and what's crazy to me, one of the things I, I, for me, maybe I'll write a book about this one day. I feel like there was a holy triumvirate of sitcoms in the 90s, Friends, Frasier, and Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And I'm f- always looking for connections. And Seinfeld, which came first, is almost more progressive in how they handled like gay storylines, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Now it wasn't always good. Now the classic example is the not that there's anything wrong with that yes. type of thing, which at the time I think was progressive. Um, but then you know you've got the whole Susan and and her running off after uh, George and and basically doing the same thing as Friends, yes, and and, and hooking up with the with a lesbian, and then there's you know there's just little 
little things in there where it's not completely there, but like the the convert the beard episode where Elaine uh, converts somebody for like a night and then he goes back. And yeah, goes. Uh, I will say though, what you in Friends you also had though. I think it's from the very first episode. Ross's wife has left him for uh, another woman, mm -hmm. and they and they're going to raise the kid together. I mean. The, it has moments where it, it had where it seems like it's it's probably at in the 90s right on the edge right it was on the cusp yeah, yeah. but it wasn't it still had those hang-ups like chan you know there's a whole episode with chandler uh i could have gotten this guy in in the other department or whatever and he's like no and everybody's like no you couldn't have possibly gotten that yeah, guy yeah and he's out of your league yeah yeah uh, there's the episode where monica and chandler lied everybody to go on a romantic getaway and when they get back joey's con joey says were you or were you not on a gay cruise <laughs> like the, the the show is peppered with tone deaf right stuff but it, it is progressive in other ways um and i think frazier was also Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they handled those topics better than Friends did. Um, am I wrong? You're looking at me like I'm wrong. No, you, you, go, you go right ahead. I'm, um, I'm with you. I'm with you here. There, there's a, the most one of the most famous episodes of Frasier is where he invites his new boss back home, and his, bo his new boss is gay hmm. and thinks that Frasier is gay, and the hilarity that ensues from that misunderstanding. There are a handful of episodes that do that. There's there's one episode. Are you a Frasier fan? Mm -hmm. There's one episode where they go to the opera and Frasier. Uh, I think it's uh, the gal from CSI, Las Vegas, the redhead. Anyway, he see he wants to hit on this girl, but she's with her mom and her gay uncle. Mm. And they all end up coming back to Frazier's apartment. And through however it happens, Martin, Frazier's dad, has to pretend to be gay because yeah. they're acting like they're setting up the uncle with Martin. <laughs> and Martin's like, oh, I'll gay it up a little bit. Uh, but I, I still never felt like that was insulting. Mm. Um, and again, I, I only have my own perspective. So one of, one of the things that we're learning throughout talking about all this is the, the ways that we've been shaped to react to certain things mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but Friends is murky for me, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll laugh my ass off one episode. The next episode, I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, now you got uh, uh, you got a brain that's 20 years wiser at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that's like you know we were talking about cellular closet. I was sitting, there, a guy is sitting there talking about how people will use the N word and he says the full word. Oh my god. Whereas you know you would never do that even even if you're making a point today you would never do that. But unless you're Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> Did he do that? He said nobody says N-word anymore, but he said the word. He apologized for it. It was promoting uh, the Green Book. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. So it was very what recent. The fuck, dude? It was very recent. it was like, oh, buddy, no. <laughs> here's here's some even more far away tangent stuff. Did you see the John Oliver where there was a, a reporter that was chasing after a guy and he's like, did you say the n-word but he doesn't say n-word and everything uh, and and uh and the the guy he's chasing is the real villain and everything and oliver talks about that guy but he's like oh by the way that reporter you know <laughs> you don't get to say that word just because just because you're accusing him of this or whatever he's like he's like the only white guy who can say the n-word is this guy here in maine and in blah 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 and it's like but he never says it and that's the, <laughs> and that's the point <laughs> I love John Oliver. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't even know what the original point was, but that's fine. That's well, totally it's, fine. I, well, I think what we were talking about is the ways that we, we've been shaped to not even realize that the things we're saying or doing 
mm-hmm. are offensive. Yeah. Like, I was talking with my wife, because we recently did a Sins video where, oh, it was Monster House, where mm-hmm. they did the Ding Dong Ditch. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, let's try to forget the extremely racist name that this game used to have, mm-hmm. if that's even possible. And we were talking about another one we just did, uh, um, No More Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. Oh, um and even eeny meeny miny mo yeah, yeah and which these was, things uh, yeah. were taught to me by my mother who i guarantee you had no idea no, that there were racist no. origins and that's how this shit works man generationally we we have it takes generations to unlearn that stuff mm-hmm. anyway yeah i think the 80s decade had the monopoly on the word faggot mm. back in oh um, for sure mm-hmm. oh my god eddie murphy in almost every movie they show 48 hours oh yeah they show a brief part but he says it in trading places i'm pretty sure oh yeah and like of course his stand-up specials 48 hours is problematic everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah uh but they have a whole montage showing how that's just thrown around and that's what that guy was talking about when he said the n-word and now and but but i've never heard anybody say the f-word like that uh uh you know he's talking about the proper use when there's two black people everywhere john hughes david lynch you know all everybody it was almost like it's like how people these days say well i didn't mean when i say that's gay i I mean it's i mean it's lame you know right Um, it's i mean it's kind of silly and ridiculous i'm not meaning that it's you know gay and it's like well i mean the the connotation is 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 there you know Mm -hmm. the the intent is there um whether or not you meant it to be offensive you know it's it's still there there was a commercial with wanda sykes that that came out a few years i don't know how many years oh, yeah. ago ago where where it's a bunch of kids uh, in a restaurant or, or cafe or something throwing gay around as a as a you know euphemism for lame or whatever mm-hmm. and she comes in and she's like what are you using that word for and you can't you can't just throw that around like that and he said what if i said and and she pick something off something appearance wise off of this what if everybody said 15 year old uh crackhead or whatever right, right. <laughs> uh, whatever i don't know what it what it is that she picks off of him appearance wise but what if everybody went around saying that about wouldn't you get offended about right, it and everything right, right. And i was at lunch with my wife two days ago and money for nothing came on the radio mm-hmm. at a, at a restaurant yeah. and i was oh, like yeah. man i might want to pull this one out of the rotation well it's usually edited on the radio these this days this one was not was it not it, well and i've heard it on satellite radio mm-hmm. edited too uh, you know the most one of the most celebrated scenes of the 40 year old virgin was seth rogan and paul rudd doing the whole you know how oh, I know you're yeah gay. yeah yeah and to his credit i believe seth rogan has a couple times spoken out about regretting has he really that and and not being old enough or wise enough to to know in the moment that that would be offensive to people um but yeah that was one of the but most that's the perfect representation that wasn't that long ago no you know? <laughs> let me ask you something back in 2005 when that movie came out did you find that scene super offensive, or did you find it in funny at any in any way? Yeah, talking about the forty year old version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. at this point, you know, we're conditioned to. I mean, we're conditioned to. Yeah, it, this is this is the norm in movies. Mm-hmm. Gay people are always going to be made fun of in a in a in a way. Um, I remember and going uh, taking you back to the celluloid closet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um how so many commentators said that they didn't like the sissy but harvey firestein said i liked the sissy right because my opinion was visibility at any cost mm-hmm. you know hmm. yeah um, hmm. 
Now that's interesting, given his role in like Mr. Mrs. Doubtfire. Right, all, right, right, right. right. He's, he he identifies with sissy. He's like he says, "I'm a sissy." Is yeah, what he huh. says. Yeah, he says, "I'm a sissy," and I'm proud of it. You know. Yeah, so. yeah. I always wonder how those play. Like, is it a? Is it just like sort of an immediate like, oh, this is just horrible and offensive, or are you just kind of like, ha ha, you know, that type <laughs> of thing? A little, there's a little bit like that yeah. as a gay man in the theater when when the gay jokes come up and. But like like Christopher Guest's characters, like especially in Waiting for Guffman or Best mm. in Show, the gay characters are so effeminate, so outrageous. But at the same time, they are completely proud of who they are. Oh, so, yeah. so while the jokes might be offensive to some, um, for people like me, it's like, yeah, you, um, do what you need to do. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You just be you. you yeah, know? yeah. So, no, they do play up. It's not, it's a caricature, but it's not like a, it doesn't seem like a mean spirited right. caricature, right? Like Michael a, McKeon and John Michael Higgins. Right. And, and there's a bunch of deleted scenes from Best in Show with Michael McKean and, and John Michael Higgins that I wish they would have included in the film. Oh, yeah. Where they are, you know, Michael McKean is afraid that John Michael Higgins is being too flamboyant and mm. that they're going to get their asses kicked. And, um, so in response to that, John Michael Higgins just plants a big kiss on on Michael McKean and he looks around like, Oh my god. Who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna kick her asses? Oh my god. It's just like lighten up and be yourself. You yeah. Know? So one thing that I found striking in the celluloid closet though was how uh and there, there's this woman that has a lot of uh, a lot of interview time in the movie, but I don't know her name because they, can, they didn't ever show they, the names. Uh, but so uh, bad at that. but she was talking about how how you know renting movies and and watching movies and everything how how much they that she would look for gay subtext oh or God. anything in any movie i've done that my entire life mm-hmm. i mean even with things like star wars you know right um and you know if you guys ever do a whole episode on star wars please count me in because that's my specialty okay <laughs> <laughs> um that's my obsession but uh you know yeah being a kid and being a teenager just finding the little things and i think she even i think i know you're talking about that documentary yeah, I called up in our, a friend and I said, there's this great kind of lesbian subplot in this film. Okay, but they're vampires, but still, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, gay, it's because gay people back then were starved for uh, depictions of themselves, you know. Yeah. There was hardly any representation, you know. Up, I would say up until the mid-80s when films like Parting Glances and Desert Hearts came out, which kind of made gay people – started showing stories of gay people in a positive light and, and sexuality in a positive light um, that we didn't have to really search anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and slowly since then, even I think the, the late nineties is when like the gay film, the gay boom just went like, you know, full tilt boogie. I heard oh, yeah. the gay boom, the gay boom, the, the gold mine <laughs> wild, um, that horrible 54 film that Harvey oh. Weinstein uh, chopped to bits because he didn't like all the gay shit or the bisexual oh, shit. Oh, was that really yeah, what the yeah. was that a main issue in that? Because that, that movie a, was horrible. Which movie? It was horrible. The Ryan Philippi, the, the, the theatrical uh, film was horrible. They recently released a director's cut that is so much better. Really? Wow, really? It's still a bad movie, but it's so much better uh, with 
the way it was intended to be uh, mm. edited and, and, and presented. I always am incredulous um, about that stuff. I know that these movies are cut to death a lot, especially Weinstein. There's a reason why he had the name Harvey Scissorhands yeah, yeah. and everything. Uh, but like, I heard this about Color of Night recently. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, oh. This is a movie with Harvey, Javier Bardem and uh, Johnny Depp. No, 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 that's, no, 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 no. that's uh, this before Bruce Nightfall. This is Bruce Willis and Jane March. <laughs> and a snake in the oh, mailbox. Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This movie's oh, yeah. awesome. It's got Bruce Willis and Jane March, who was fresh off of a movie called The Lover. The Lover. Uh, and then she never made any movies ever again. She was in a Tarzan. She was in a Tarzan movie with Casper Van Dien. But I mean, for like that, <laughs> for that one year when I was still getting Premiere magazine, she was hot shit. Oh she yeah. Was. Oh yeah. Uh, Color of Night had a great fucking cast, though. Yeah, it did. Uh, Lance Henriksen, uh, Chucky. What's his oh, name? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He did the voice of Chucky. What's right. his name? I know. Brad Dorff. Brad, Brad Dorff. Yes, thank you. Nice. Of all people to play. Yeah. Leslie Ann Warren <laughs> was know. in it. You know, mm-hmm. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Yep. Uh, the dude from Lord of Illusions. I was just going to say, fresh off Lord of Illusions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like I, w- I. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, what were you saying? No, about I mean, Color, Color of Night? Night was was it? It was on HBO or something going on. It was playing on HBO. And I and I and I flipped over there because Jane March is hot shit, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and that I, movie is raw. In terms yeah, of like it's the pretty sex. raw. Yeah. So I started reading trivia on this movie, and it said that the director had made one that that everybody liked, but the producer was like, "No, we got to cut it down." And so the one that that we all saw was the inferior version, the one that you apparently like, though. Uh, well. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, no, it's got there a, is a director's cut. It's got a cult following. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. like, apparently, director's cut. There's a director's cut that's amazing. It's hmm. great. And not maybe not. Oh, you've seen the director's cut? You can buy it on Kino. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So that's why you are, when you think of when you say Color of Night is one of your favorite movies. It's that one. It's that one of version? my favorite bad movies. Okay, that version though, or well, is it the other one? Is okay too. Well, the director's cut is only like maybe five to ten more minutes of sex. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, okay. Well, um, then I need to watch. I gotta this. see this. Watch Weirdly it, yeah. enough, that's what the Snyder cut is. Oh yeah, <laughs> Justice League. Yeah, just just five, five to ten, to ten more minutes. minutes. They, they just, they just say the phrase. They the just, Snyder cut. They on just this show. insert Malin Ackerman in there for no reason. <laughs> right. Have a sex scene. And have a Leonard Cohen's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, it's time to talk about BetterHelp again. BetterHelp. Barrett is going to uh, uh, share his story. Man, with you, you know how we're so we're really big into mental health, you know, providing like resources and pointing you to access and stuff like that. Been extremely impressed with this service. It's betterhelp.com. I uh, got introduced to it, you know, a few months ago or so. Uh, the last couple times we talked about this, I talked about my journey through it because I'm going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, never done therapy before. Uh, find it incredibly useful. I'm already using the techniques that they've uh, provided. I uh, got a great therapist, excellent communication, but I want to talk about the service itself because this addresses every issue that I have about therapy because I love the idea of therapy. I'm lazy. Um, it's hard to find who I would think would be a good one. Like, how do you find a good therapist? Mm. Unless it's like recommended directly to you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you, you, you feel bad, if you want to replace them or if you want to switch or something like that, like there's just all kinds of things um, wrapped up in the process until you get to where Jeremy is to where you've got a good therapeutic relationship and like you're starting to make progress. 
this addresses all that because it not only matches you to a counselor or a therapist that suits your specific needs, whether it's depression or anger, anxiety, PTSD, uh, alcoholism, addiction, things like that. Uh, it, it matches you with that. It also matches you typically within your same state. So you got people that are familiar kind of with, with your surroundings and that kind of thing. And then if you don't have a good rapport or a good relationship, you just, you try somebody else. They have over 3000 licensed therapists on this service, which is insane to me. That's awesome. Um, so it addresses everything that, that, that would preclude me from going to a therapist's office. Like I can log on, it's online, it's video chat, it's text, it's all that stuff. And it's really, really good, man. I can't, I can't recommend this service enough. Now, I have talked a few times, well, a bunch on, on social media about mental health, my own journey with, with therapy, but medication, all mm -hmm. of it. And, you know, one of the things I hear a lot from people is that uh, there aren't very many therapists near them. It's people who are yeah, from yeah, rural yeah, yeah. areas, and this is a service that can solve that problem. Yep. Um, the other thing I hear a lot is I tried therapy. It didn't do much for me. And, and I would just say there are probably more mental health patients than not who have to try a few therapists until they find the right relationship. Absolutely. Same, typically same with medication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it is very not always a hundred percent the first time. Like I, I have been seeing the same therapist for almost three years now, almost four years. Um, and, and, and I had had, I had done therapy in college and then again, a little bit after that, but I hadn't done therapy in about 10 years before I found this guy got super freaking lucky. <laughs> um, Whereas a really good friend of mine uh, went through five mm -hmm. before he found one that really worked. Thank God that he was persistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because now he's seeing incredible change and progress. And so, yeah, if it doesn't click right away, uh, there's 3,000 more of them on this service that you can go try. <laughs> Not to say that you should be burning through there. But I'm just saying that, like, this service addresses those issues that everybody has. I mean, not... I don't know one single person that wakes up and says, I'm going to search through the entirety of the licensed therapists in my, my city and find exactly, you know, who's the top rated. This this is a great service that, that does a lot of the work for you. You have to do your own therapeutic work, but all the other nonsense surrounding it, that that is taking care of it for you. So go to, I just clicked on, so betterhelp.com slash syncast. Remember that, not CinemaSense, slash syncast. I just went to the URL it's it could not be easier. You click on that and it says get started. You sign up, they go through a few questions, they match you with somebody, and you see how it goes. It's it's amazing. And you get ten percent off, ten percent off your first month. So it's a little bit cheaper. If you got any issues with, with uh with finances or support or things like that, talk to them. Get started, talk to them, you know, figure it out. Okay. Through that that URL, you get ten percent off your first month. Very much encourage you to do it. This is one of my favorite advertisements that we've done on Sincast because it means a lot to me and I think to us as a as a group. Yeah, totally. I guess we can get to sort of talking about individual movies. Can I ask one Go specific question about? I don't know if this came up in celluloid <laughs> closet, but you mentioned like the vilification, especially with like trans people. Where does where do we fall with Rocky Horror Picture Show? Because it's such an interesting dynamic to me. I actually love this movie. I know you're not a huge fan. I like the music. I, yeah, the music is infectious. Mm -hmm. But I've never I just seen it. you never seen it. <gasps> well, oh, okay, no. I'll spoil it for you. So <laughs> I would watch I would watch Gone with the Wind before I would watch this. 
And no, no offense, I, I just it's like a streak. Gone yeah, to yeah, hate yeah. Well, dude, Rocky Horror Picture Show is uh, feels about as long as Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it does, it especially late long. at night. Especially yeah. late at night. But yeah. like Tim Curry's character is this audacious, this this over the top transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, whatever. Um, but it but it it turns so he's ostensibly the villain, but it turns a little bit on the head when he seduces both Susan Sarandon and then. Her, her husband, Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. Yeah, Barry Bostwick. Which, which, it, you know, surprises him at first, but then he's just like, "Fuck it, okay. man, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> and like, he's got this relationship with Eddie, the meatloaf character, and he's got uh, this uh, the meatloaf. Character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with with Rocky himself, where where do we stand on this as being like a positive or a negative depiction in cinema? Well, it was written by a gay man. Hmm. Yeah. Um. The I think the the, the play and the music was written by Richard O'Brien, who played Riff Raff. He wrote. Oh, yeah. He wrote the whole thing. Nice. Um. And it was a stage play in Britain before it was a movie. Mm. Um. And ironically, they got most of the original cast to be in the movie. Tim Curry was the original. Uh, oh yeah. Frankenfurter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, this um, is a great Tim Curry. I love it. I absolutely love I it. Too. I saw it when I was 16 years old at the Franklin cinema at midnight <laughs> um, and absolutely loved it. I have no problem with it. Now that being said, if, if there are any uh, trans people who do have a problem with it, specifically young trans people, um, mm. our job is to listen to them and, and to take into consideration how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um but I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. I read an article this morning about Euphoria. I know you said you haven't seen that yet. I haven't yet, seen it, no. But it was interviewing, talking to viewers that were trans, um, talking about how the show offered, a in Jules, a trans character that was the object of lust. Oh, yeah. Object of, uh, not lust, necessarily, but desire. That, that this was a character that... By everybody. By everybody. <laughs> and, and how rare that is yeah, for yeah. them to see, you know, so, someone like them be the object of attention uh, i thought that was pretty fascinating yeah uh, i mean that that show i know we've talked about that show a lot but the way that that show not only deals progressively with current views on fluidity of sexuality and be whoever you are date whoever you want to that kind of thing and juxtaposes that with the previous generation and their rigid ass standards of if this gets exposed, then I'm finished type of thing and how that relates to each other, because they both interact. They both know what the impact is for each other. But the younger generation doesn't give a fuck amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And the older generation doesn't give a shit about the younger generation or like that. Or it doesn't give a shit about their pers how they how they're representing them. There's even a scene. Have you seen the finale? Yeah, there's even a scene in the finale where one a girl says to her boyfriend, it's okay if you're into guys. Mm -hmm. Sexuality is a spectrum. Yeah. No one is either all one way or the other. And she's not just saying it. No. Like, she believes it. Yeah. She's and like, I, the I fuck, was like, the, how often does a show come along that gives you characters like mm -hmm. that? Pretty rare. Mm -hmm. anyway. uh, I will say... Um, uh, the show Hung, which only had like a couple of seasons, yeah, I kind of had had an episode where they where one of his clients was trans. Uh -huh. Although I don't think they go through with the whole. I don't think he has sex with her though. Huh. I'm trying to remember if that happens or not. I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, let's put in a touching moment of some sort 
but not go all the way because yeah. you know definitely thomas jane he's all man but they still at the time had some progressiveness in in casting someone who was trans mm-hmm. in an actual trans part hmm. and everything but not nearly as far as what euphoria has done um but um uh i was uh, uh since uh we've we've talked in depth about the history and everything i was going to start bringing up we have brought up a bunch that are on this list mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, go through a few that we haven't talked about. Uh, we briefly mentioned Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, how, how many people have seen that movie? In it's been a long time since I've seen it. came that. out in 1994. It's an Australian film. has Terrence Stamp, yeah. Hugo Weaving, and Guy Pearce in it. Yeah, yeah. God uh, bless Terrence Stamp. Oh, he's so good in this. <laughs> well, he is and he isn't. He tries so hard to uh, have a sense of rhythm mm-hmm. to, 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 to try to... <laughs> He, he's not the world's greatest drag queen, but he tries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this he's was, a damn good actor in it. And, and, he is. And uh, he does a great job. This is 94? 94. Yeah. So he's like five years away from the line, right? So he's Yeah. Like, yep. But he's obviously but he's very different. well established by this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, General they, Zod and drag. I think yeah, they, yeah. They, I, they also, uh, they also there's the three different characters, are, they all have a different representation. Uh, Terrence Stamp is actually playing a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Guy Pierce is a gay man who does drag. But Hugo Weaving, there's a part in there where Guy Pierce is kidding him about being married because mm-hmm. he's actually married to a woman and right. everything. Uh, and has uh, a child and has a kid with him and everything. And uh, and uh, and he says, so what? You're straight? And he goes, no. And he goes, well, so you're gay then? And he's like, no. So what are you? And he goes, I don't have any fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> and they just let it go. And sometimes it's like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I feel That's like awesome. Yeah, I feel like in 1994 that type of thing. I was kind of like my jaw dropped yeah, because yeah. I'd never heard that before uh you know in a movie in the 90s i felt like there was always a definition they had to find right they, they had, we didn't get into this whole fluid sexuality thing and since the in the last 10 years yeah, I think. yeah uh and so like the idea that he could he doesn't have any really idea it's whatever you know right, was, right. Uh, was kind of a, a a crazy revelation for a movie from 1994 kevin smith tried to inject that in chasing amy mm-hmm. i don't think he did a great job no but uh you know he they were trying to tackle that subject because even in chasing amy they're trying to make it where she's either one thing or another even though she might she might decide to switch yeah, or she whatever. likes the person and not the gender right basically. right yeah um uh, it they make it seem like in chasing amy that ben affleck is so awesome that he's converted her <laughs> exactly you know and, that fucking character yeah is exactly. so great holden mcneil is that where they I had think the his, falling out by his the best pickup line is you fucked up my cabbage patch yeah. like, <laughs> really yeah. and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> that was that was what made you fall in love with them? yeah yeah go um no i mean they worked again on jersey girl and oh, that's true, now yeah. jersey girl jersey girl was when ben affleck started to become more famous than i mean he had he'd done armageddon and all this but uh he's dating j-lo at the time right? he was dating j-lo at the time she's of jersey in the beginning girl. of the movie and she's in yeah. it she dies she dies in childbirth 
And uh, thanks for spoiling it. For yeah, me. you know, for all you people who were just dying to watch Jersey, Girl. and I'll spoil the rest of it. He falls in love with Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah, he falls in love with Liv Tyler <laughs> again, and he and he meets Bagger Vance at the end. Yes, he does. <laughs> and uh, and then he plays wow. with a little animal cracker on his tummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we just sat back and discussed Tyler it. Liv Tyler is in that movie, though, right? <laughs> what? Liv Tyler is in that movie, right? Yes. Jersey Girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she's, a, she's, yeah, she's matching Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. I'd never but, made that connection. But Will Smith <laughs> does show up at the end of this movie. <laughs> I didn't realize See, that. He's like, he's going into some, I can't remember if he's, if he's like a writer or something, and he's going into some agency, and it's, I think it's Will Smith maybe even playing himself. Might be. Uh, and he get, and he and Will Smith gives him advice. That's why I said Bagger Man. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, yeah, there's some like yeah, some uh, so surprise Will Smith at the end of the surprise Will Smith. <laughs> uh, uh, then there's the Birdcage, which is the remake of the La Caja Force. La Caja <laughs> which I've never I've seen the Birdcage, but I've never seen the original. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Nichols directed this. I believe. Yeah, uh, put Nathan Lane on the map. Yeah, it sure, sure did. did. Um, the movie's awesome. It's really good. I haven't seen it in forever, though. But uh, it's a it's a farce. It's something that would fit in an episode of Frasier. Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it's a total farce, and it's just so funny how they play this balancing act all the way through. It's funny it. that you say that because the boss from Frasier, Kenny is one of the reporters in the birdcage oh, really? that's trying to catch a picture of the senator at the gay bar. <laughs> oh, <wow. clears throat> and you have a uh, scene-stealing Hank Azaria in it. And, oh, uh, this cast is ridiculous. Isn't it uh, Gene Hackman in there? Yeah, yeah. Gene yeah. Hackman's Callista in Flockhart. it. Callista Flockhart. Diane yeah. Weist. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Sheldon's mom. <laughs> Sheldon. what's, what's her name? Oh. The Robin Williams character's former wife. Doesn't she play like a Big yes. Bang Theory character? Yeah, it's, it's 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 not Allison Janney, and it's not. She's in Bowfinger. Is yes, it, is it Christine Baranski? It's Christine Baranski. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's what's so funny <laughs> about. A tear it's, that's that's what is so funny. That's what's so funny though. If you say Allison Janney, I'm like, okay. <laughs> if if that's wrong, it's Christine <laughs> Baranski. <laughs> if it's not Debbie Mazar. <laughs> Sharon it's well, or Sharon. It's it, uh, the other one I'm thinking of. It's uh, it's uh, Ileana Douglas. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, then uh, this one, this one is perhaps. I mean, this is super controversial for a lot of reasons. But blue is the warmest color. Uh, I would like to actually know what your friend Tiffany thought of this movie. I do not know. I have not discussed this with. Her. Okay, and I haven't seen it either. So. Okay, well. Now I watched it and and I liked it because I thought it was a really uh, I thought it was a really good depiction of a lesbian relationship. However, it's, mm -hmm. it's also like super porny mm -hmm. and like the the stories that came out of the movies making are disturbing too. They are, yeah, and it, and it's it's even knowing what i know about it at least which is certainly not what leah sadu or adele will. yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh what they know about it it's it's like a, a little bit murkier than something like last tango in paris where we know definitively they weren't she wasn't informed about what they were doing but like you said and it is too, super pointy in in where it's over the top where guys like us are like Seriously, do we need do we need like another five minutes yeah. of scissoring I mean, and shit it's like, like that? Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. I would, I was, I mean, it's it, you go across the spectrum, right? You're like, oh, this is really hot, and then it's like, oh. <laughs> still it's still here. going, <laughs> but the relationship itself is played as just a, a very 
interesting, tumultuous at times, stable at times relationship mm-hmm. that has a beginning, middle, and an end. And the two leads are fantastic together. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as a movie. I know there's baggage that comes with it. Let's talk about sex, Dave. Okay. The, the, is there any movie that Let's gets... Let's talk about you and me. Yeah, there you go. I was hoping somebody... <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, is there, are there any movies that really depict it correctly? Or is it all like titillation? Oh, God. Um... Well, I mean, I always hear after a movie that's like blue is the warmest color, color mm-hmm. comes out, like just numerous stories from lesbians who said, this is just not right. This is not how oh, we, yeah. we do things. And <laughs> this is not how we do. Right. And <laughs> and fun? so I'm I'm sitting there. I don't have any idea. So I'm like, well, then what is it then? Because I would like to know, right. you know, what's what's accurate then? Well, Joey Lauren Adams told you. Oh yeah, Joey yeah, Lauren exactly. Adams. Uh, Our bodies are built to press a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but uh, you have film. I mean, I think lesbian sex in film so often was a softcore Playboy movie, like The Hunger mm-hmm. with Catherine Deneuve and and Susan Sarandon, where it was just you know. Um, you know, ro- rose petals on breasts and, <laughs> right, and, right. and soft lighting and white wine and tender kisses. Um, but I am told by my some uh, a lot of my lesbian friends that uh, Desert Hearts, which came out a few years later, was probably the first true depiction of of, of female homosexuality and sexuality within. Um, like I said, I've never seen Blue is the Warmest Color, mm-hmm. um, but there are other films. I think Bound. Um, was a good depiction, if mm-hmm. not still a little bit, you know, yeah, Playboy, just a tad bit, just a tad bit, salacious. Yeah. As an aside, my 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 buddy Patrick was looking for that movie the other day, Bound, uh-huh. and found another movie called Bound. I have, I I know what you're talking about. It's a uh, Fifty Shades of Grey ripoff with Chris McCarthy. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> say, my What's god! That movie about? <laughs> and he watched it. <laughs> Sounds pretty terrible. It's yeah. I, I, when I was doing research for this, I, it came up, and yeah. I was like, "Oh god, that's awful." I do think it's funny though that even in Booksmart, uh, the Beanie Feldstein character is like, "You can get it on. Get like your scissors on," and she's like, like that's, "That's not, not how it works. That's, yeah. that's not how it works." Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, in mainstream films, they're very reticent to show actual gay men. Yeah, sex. yeah. Well, it's like heterosexual men are more com- are more comfortable looking at uh, gay women than they are gay men having mm-hmm. sex. Yeah, um, and that's just and, and that's still to this day. It's like that. There are a few films I think that have gotten it right as far as uh, uh, male on male sexuality. Um, I think European films do it better than uh, films from our country. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you seen "I Love You, Philip Morris" with yes. Jim Carrey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a, a hilarious scene at the be- beginning of that where you think that he's having sex with his wife, and then all of a sudden it's revealed that he's gay. Mm-hmm. This guy's head comes up, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Do it, man! Come in my ass." <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, but uh, It can't be the cold open, but I want it to be the cold open. <laughs> I give you my permission. Um, um, that movie's great, by the way. I, I was working at Hollywood 27, and we got the critic screening of it. We didn't actually show the movie uh, for the public, but we got the critic screening of it, and I got to see it through through that. And, uh, yeah, that movie's really good. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um. But I think uh, European films, especially, and and 
this is something we haven't really talked about. Uh, European films uh, were normalizing gay people wet back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, mm-hmm. especially in the Netherlands. Paul Verhoeven, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we mentioned before, Pedro Almodovar, um, and and especially the British films back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got uh, male-on-male sex right more than the U.S. has to this point, although there have been a few hot scenes here and there where it's like, yeah, that's that was, that was pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, did you ever see Short Bus? I did. I did. What do you think of that movie? Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very raw, very honest. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah, I I uh I don't know. I didn't like it when I when I saw it, and I don't know what it is. I think these movies that get advertised as we're actually fucking on screen and everything, right, right. you know that that people gets... go to see it for that and not for an actual, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I saw story this story or try to. I'm pretty sure I yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the middle of three movies that day. Yeah, uh, because I was living in New York when this came out, and I went to the Sunshine Theater and saw. I must. I'm. I was one of those days where I was like, I'm gonna watch a movie here, and then I'm gonna walk down <laughs> to the street to that theater and watch that, and then I'm gonna, you know, watch another one afterwards. But that was sort of like in the middle of it, and I was like, what the hell, man? There's no <laughs> real story. It doesn't no, there feel is no like story, that. right? Yeah, it's 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 a provocative. You know, we're actually having sex on film. Let's depict that. John mm-hmm. Cameron Mitchell um who who did Hedwig Hedwig in the Angry Inch I love Inch. that movie. That's a yeah, great movie. movie. Awesome. That movie love the music, love the whole story to that. Yeah. Um yeah, especially the uh, the the title song. That song is oh, awesome. Yeah. 6 inches forward, 5 <laughs> inches back. I've got an angry inch. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah, um didn't mean to derail us with the sex talk. It's I just all good. I just uh I just thought that I hear that a lot when when these type of movies come out mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so then we need somebody who knows to make these movies then. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. unless it's unless the only way we can ever show it is if it is super sexy and like, you know, we want to get a rise out of the audience mm-hmm. so to speak. Um I think, like I said before, French filmmakers, German filmmakers, any anybody outside of the U.S. depicts gay sex better than our country does, and still to this day. Have you ever seen Ali, Fear Eats the Soul? No. no. That's a, a Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Or Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Werner. Uh, came out in the 70s, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. This is Now, the, there's also salacious stories behind the scenes on this movie, too, but... Uh, that's uh that's another one uh actually i'm trying to think if it if if ali fear eats the soul had a gay because i i'm getting the uh the background of it the rainer Werner fossbinder had a relationship with the guy who was in the movie okay but it was some like awful thing mm. where, yeah i don't want to get too too well, much the two into films it. that he has made that i've seen are one called fox and his friends and another one called Carell, mm-hmm. um with the dude who was in midnight express i can't think of what his name was um and that was warner's last movie actually mm-hmm. and both of those have two very uh accurate depictions of of gay sex mm-hmm. yeah um but uh yeah that was something that came to my head and and I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully I didn't get, I mean, I know that Ali Fear Eats the Soul is mostly about, 
I think it's a man who falls in love with a much older woman. I think that's hmm. what the whole thing is. But there, were, the the professor gave us all this backstory about what happened during the filming of it, and 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 I I think I'm maybe confusing a little bit of it. But hmm. uh, we've talked a little bit about book smart. Uh, then there's boys don't cry. Hmm. Uh, another that's a devastating one too. That's a heavy film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard an interview with uh, Chloe Sevigny not too long ago where she was relaying very positive vibes from behind the scenes in that in that in that set in the making of but obviously the movie itself yeah is hard to watch man oh yeah. yeah uh then we talked a little bit about bound which you know isn't necessarily a gay film in any way but no i mean but it, it sets the plot going right because it's jennifer tilly's with it's not Chaz palmatier it's joe pant oh joe joe, joe yeah <laughs> joey pants yeah <clears throat> and then it's Gina Gershon that that piques her interest, right? Mm-hmm. And then it sets off, and so that's the inciting incident, I guess. But then it turns into this really cool noir mystery type of yeah. thing. This movie, I think, is underrated. I don't think he, people talk about it much anymore. No, I don't think they talk, talk about the 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 other one with the uh, Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's crazy to me is if you watch something like Bound and then watch Speed Racer and try and comprehend that the same filmmakers made both of those oh my films. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. by the way, that piece of shit was trending on Twitter the other day as one of those, oh, this is way better than you remember, all that fucking oh, Speed Racer. To the level that it was trending on Twitter? It yes. was trending. Yes. And Emile Hirsch even came out and said was tweeted something to the effect. You probably love Speed Racer. We're trashing this movie. <laughs> Never seen it. Okay. Uh, well, it is awful. <laughs> Unless you want... That's what I gleaned from the trailer. <laughs> Unless you so. want to be dizzied with like like people are like calling it this under uh, misunderstood masterpiece no mm. it's loud it and is too fucking bright and kinetic yep. and i love the cartoon get yeah. off my back yeah <laughs> and, and bound is the complete opposite of that yeah it really is uh i love bound um big one broke back mountain mm. uh on this list um we've we've recently talked a bunch about broke back mountain um do you do you consider this one like a big landmark film? I do. Yeah. I do. I really do. It's a, like you said it's a devastating film. Um it's a beautiful movie. Uh both Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal are crazy insanely good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and even Michelle Williams and uh I think it's Linda Cardellini. Anne Hathaway? No, Anne well, Hathaway. Linda Cardellini well, Linda is Cardellini in it. Is she in plays yeah. the sisters of we. I she, don't remember no, what she, she Linda plays. Linda Cardellini's the girl that Heath Ledger dates after the divorce. Yeah, that's okay. right, at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Anne Hathaway. Every, everybody's amazing in it. Um, this movie was robbed at the Oscars. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Well, and it, it was a... Uh, it was a uh, it was funny because we just talked about Boys Don't Cry and how Hillary Swank, when she won the Oscar, she comes up and says, we've come a long way. Uh, and then I think, was it Boys Don't Cry was 2003, 2002? Can't remember. So. Can't remember what it was. We've come a long way. Brokeback Mountain comes out in 2005, uh, and it's pretty clear that we haven't come that long of a way because the everybody in the world said this movie was going to win. Right. right. No, but Crash wasn't even in the picture as far as like people predicting what was going to. I, maybe it was. Maybe it was one and two. I don't remember if that was the case. Did any, was anybody nominated for actor or supporting? Did anybody win for Brokeback? For, for Brokeback, I can't even remember. Uh, Heath Ledger was nominated, but he didn't win. Oh, he did not well, win. Wasn't Michelle Williams nominated? Michelle Williams was nominated too. She didn't win. She did not win. Boys Don't Cry was ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Further back than that. So yeah. So um, 
she hillary swank says we've we've come a long way when she wins the oscar and then five six years later mm. they don't give the oscar to the clearly best film and and you know jack i've talked about this before watching that oscar night jack nicholson even when he read crash he goes wow <laughs> afterwards yeah uh because i don't think he was expecting it either uh there was a lot of talk afterwards that there was such a huge cast in crash mm -hmm. that there were so many people who related to a lot of the actors who were in that movie that they just sort of naturally gravitated towards you know picking it when it came down to the winner and everything but i don't know if that's the case or not i do i think it was the fact that there was still a lot of old hollywood that's voting and it has to be it and i don't even think you can put you can't put those two movies on the same level no no, no you really can't um but yeah it got absolutely robbed and especially now i mean that's that's why i wish there was a retro oscars and i'm sure that's been pitched out pitched before but yeah there should be a retro oscars where you go back and say yeah definitely not crash yeah definitely not green book you know these type of movies right, right. let's do it yeah we somebody should. decided one day to start the razzies and they've been that's been yeah, a thing for, for 30 real. years why don't we start the yeah the retro oscars the retro oscars how, we'll how just go 10 years back yeah and we'll fix yeah. everything how, yeah. how serious are you about this <laughs> uh, hearing you guys talk i'm very serious about <laughs> well at the very least it would make a great podcast topic yeah yeah oh would. we should totally do that yeah yeah we can write Although, the i will say this i will say this uh think I want to give credit where credit's due because now I have heard this before. I've heard retro Oscars before. This is not an idea that's originating sure, sure, sure. here. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, I think somebody on Facebook asked me, I think it was on the All That Film podcast, Ooh. was asking me about uh, changing certain Oscar things. So I do want to give that credit. Sure. I'm just saying that it, it, it's an idea that should be done. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it would be fun to do, obviously. I don't want to say that I want to pretend like that came to no, me sure. out yeah. of nowhere or anything like not that. not to get off track too far and i know we've said something like this before but ang lee is just a really fascinating filmmaker mm -hmm. in terms of how many different types of projects and now with the with the halftime billy's halftime waltz or whatever it was and now the gemini man remembering shit during the waltz and now with the gemini man he seems to be a little bit intrigued by new technologies mm -hmm. um but you know hulk and the ice storm and sense and sensibility and he's right up there this is yeah. his best movie though right broke back yeah so far yeah i would say so I although so. the ice storm is fucking ice awesome. storm, storm is a great, great movie <sighs> yeah and i and i'm i'm i really like sense and sensibility a lot yeah it's those are the top three yeah yeah, although we could probably them. definitely go through his filmography and find others that yeah. would would get close to that yeah. well he made uh crouching tiger didn't he yep oh. made crouching tiger and i believe the the movie that uh was it was it it wasn't was it joint luck club oh oh yeah was I that the movie was. that got him on the map um so yeah he's had a pretty good run man yeah but i just like his diversity i do too I, it's like uh that guy his name oh danny boyle he's yeah, got a yeah, very yeah. similar diversity yeah. always looking for some kind of new thing i like that by the way while he's looking this up I watched. I rewatched uh, Sunshine again. The oh, Danny Boyle yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm convinced this guy can't stick the landing. Like that ending is hot garbage too. Yeah, not no pun intended. But like twenty <laughs> twenty days later, uh, the beach and Sunshine. 
even train spotting to a certain extent, like his endings don't. Oh, don't Slum Dog. Good. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Slum Dog. <laughs> Fuck that. Wayne Wayne Wang directed uh, Joy Luck Club. Uh, mm. The one that I'm thinking of is Eat Eat Drink Man Woman. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh let's see let's some more list uh on the go back to the list here uh here's a movie i've never seen but i'm a cheerleader oh i saw that it's another yeah. uh gay conversion natasha leone mm-hmm. yeah yeah i haven't seen it but the one time gay conversion comedy <laughs> oh yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah. claya duvall right it's claya the duvall yeah yeah it's a good movie. uh good cast uh melanie linsky from heavenly creatures is yeah. also in that one yep. uh i'm hard-pressed to think of what uh the main actresses who actually runs the conversion camp i can, I can never think of her name mm. um, uh, um so michelle williams is in that too um oh that's right she plays the best friend mm-hmm. i kind uh, of was it kathy moriarty kathy yeah. moriarty yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she does a great job rupaul is in that movie yeah he's um, he's the converted back guy right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's actually the the second in command I yeah, think, yeah. the camp no great movie funny movie Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to see that. I remember when it came out and it had gotten some raves. And yeah, I just yeah. never it's, got a chance. It's to see really it. funny. Uh, here's a movie that we've discussed a bunch in this room, but I would like to hear your take. Call me by your name. Great movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Are Are you in any way disturbed that the kid is 17 in the movie? No, because I was a lot younger. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. When um when i came into my sexuality so no i wasn't disturbed by that at all mm-hmm. um, that was a, it's a it's also a, a cultural thing too that we i think we've discussed this in europe i think the age of consent is a little bit younger mm-hmm. and so that the, the idea of someone being underage is like not a big deal here it is a huge big deal but um but um let me ask you something about this movie so my big beef with this <clears throat> this movie's a little bit icky to me okay the peach no, <laughs> you know, it's around the peach. It's it's literally around the peach because to me, this kid, it, it matters less to me that he's 17 or whatever the number is, is the fact that he seems to me confused. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that in, in a pejorative way. He starts off by or early in the movie, he sleeps with a, with a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, then he forms this relationship with Army Hammer's character. And then around that peach scene, he breaks down. Like, he doesn't know, he's fucking fruit right now. Like, he doesn't know what his sexuality is. And the fact that Army Hammer's character is so much more experienced and so much older and so much, you know, wiser, seems like it's taking advantage of this character to an uncomfortable degree for me. And it's it's less that, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I yeah. think that's more Army Hammer's character than it is... Uh, Timothee Chalamet's character. Oh, I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. I'm, well, I'm saying the, that his character, because I'm not going to say predatory or anything like that, but he's he's certainly taking full advantage of this. What I think is is a bit of confusion, at least at this point in his life. Right, right. And I think that's with anything, gay, straight. Yeah. By I mean, feel the exact puberty same thing. is confusing. Mm-hmm. Coming into your own sexuality is confusing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Mm. Well, his and, dad doesn't seem to have a problem with it mm. no. no his dad is completely okay cool. with it. Um, uh no and i and I, I i think i asked that question the wrong way to, to, at the top i'm not talking about when he's deciding to go through all all of his you know his, explore his sexuality i'm more about the army hammer relationship with right, a 17 right. year old was mm. the thing that i was trying to uh trying to get at 
Uh, but yeah, again, it's a European thing is a little bit different than from here. So by the end of the movie, you know, when, when they're having that last phone conversation, it's been, I think about a year since they've Mm -hmm. seen each other. And, uh, you know, um, Timothy's character, Elio is still very much obsessed with this relationship, but you can tell by the end of the phone call that army's characters moved on. He's getting ready to get married. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was never serious for him to begin with. Uh, because ultimately, uh, he's a coward. Army's character is a coward. Mm. Um, <sighs> you know they've they've been That's murmurs good, they yeah. might make a sequel to this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd be curious because I kind of interpreted it that way too. And I don't know how you come back around to put these two people back in each other's lives in a way. Well, where... the direct I can't remember what the director's name is. Luca Guardiola. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's what point with my yes, pronunciation. That's what it is. I think he said with the sequel, he didn't think that uh, they would come back together in the sequel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He he thinks that uh, even Timothy's character would be heterosexual. So we would, you think a potential sequel would just tell two parallel stories? I have no That's idea. That's interesting. That's interesting. When I heard that they were talking about a sequel to that, it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I think if it does, it would be a cheat, you know? No, you want that... Because I I agree, this is a very well-made movie, and it's beautiful and everything, and that last shot is just arresting of him just crying, because that signifies the end of this whole story. Totally, totally. He's coming to terms throughout the entirety of the credits of the end of this torrid affair that took place over this summer the first time he's time. ever felt love i mean mm-hmm. you don't even get that with uh um the 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 girlfriend he's with at the beginning of the movie you, you don't he, he doesn't love her you no know, no but he did love army's character yep um it's the first time he's ever been extremely heartbroken mm. i equate this film to almost the the gay version of uh, did you ever see Summer Lovers? It was an 80s film with Daryl Hannah and Peter Gallagher. Yeah, I never saw that. Uh, it was a, a French film. Mm. I think it was a French film. Um, but it was a moment in time, like just a, a, a one summer where you go through this one experience and it never came before. You'll never have it again. Um, Peter Gallagher and Daryl Hannah? P- Peter Gallagher, Daryl Hannah. And that's a, a and lot a, of good eyebrows. Yeah, it is a lot of good eyebrows. Wow. But uh, no, I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. But again, like that movie and Brokeback Mountain and and, the, and these important Oscar nominated uh, gay films, again we come back to the fact that oh, it's a sad, depressing mm-hmm. ending. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to a time where we can uh, where there there will be Oscar worthy gay and lesbian films that end. In happiness, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. not so depressing, you know. No, I, that there's there's a there's a a, a hopefulness uh, at the at the end, right? Which and brings up kind of, which brings up Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no! <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of these. Um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if I have, if I can think of one that really ended on, a, I mean, uh, Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert kind of has an uplifting yeah, yeah. ending. And uh, Does, there are many that have uplifting endings. Yeah, you know? but it's not the norm. Love, Simon. Okay. Know? Yeah. All the, like I said, all the, these movies that are coming out uh, now. Um, there, it's it seems to be headed that way. Yeah. How does you the know? kids are all right end? Don't they end up? 
Oh, back. it's an adorable ending. It's a happy ending, it's a, right? Yes, yeah. it is. It's it's very contentious up until then. Yeah, but no, it's they. It's it's almost like a. It's not. Yeah, but it's almost like a sitcom freeze frame moment where everybody's like. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, just did, I, I felt like I remembered that one wasn't. But, a uh, I mean, ending. although that one, that one is. I mean, it's depicting a lesbian relationship, but it's. I don't think it's really about that. No, necessarily. Right. Like it's not about what's going to happen to their relationship, really. It mm -hmm. is. A, it is in the middle because one of them sleeps with him. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's not because they're gay or. So. No. 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 I think it's that that they through that affair they rekindled their love for yeah. each other and i think it's been a while since i've saw it but i think they have like this not an embrace but like they hold each other's hand and that mm -hmm. kind of thing and you can tell that they're starting to rekindle that romance mm -hmm. as a function of her dalliance with uh, hulk yeah <laughs> right right it's a uh, it's amazing how, how the effects in that are so much they're so much better later on. I mean, it's so terrible in the in that Hulk one. is hooking up with Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Isn't Julianne Moore somewhere in the? MCU? I'm sure she is. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. yeah. She Eventually, be. everyone will be. Well, yeah. it's, they made that joke in uh, uh, was it Infinity War where they were where they were talking about Kevin Bacon and is it he's part of is he a part of the Avengers? <laughs> and Thor's like, uh, well, he might be. He some there's been a few additions to the team and maybe maybe <laughs> um then we yeah so dallas buyers club um that's a that's the uh, biopic essentially i guess or a would you call that a biopic really i think sometimes it's a fictionalization of something that happened is not necessarily based a, bio, on a true story based on a true story yeah mm -hmm. yeah um but uh what is it ron woodruff is his name sounds right something like that uh, matthew mcconaughey plays uh and that was another movie that came out and everybody it seemed like there was this is not what happened this is not what he was about and so on and so forth and right i you don't know what to believe about these things anymore what do we, how do we watch biopics anymore I like know. everybody there's always every time there's something about something real somebody's got to come out and say well it didn't really happen this way i know that you love this part but uh that didn't happen yeah, and, yeah. it's like with that biopic ray and afterwards everybody's like well he wasn't blind <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah i know elton was gay yeah <laughs> what how'd that happen what do you think of bohemian That's rhapsody a, by the way i liked bohemian rhapsody yeah i liked it a lot I yeah it was great i thought originally they they were gonna skirt the issue of his sexuality and just uh uh say he was bisexual which he was not um i like the fact that uh the uh lucy boynton is is uh his girlfriend mm -hmm. in that movie i like the fact that um her character, I can't remember what her name was, basically tells him, no, honey, you're gay, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody floored me. I didn't like the movie at all, but um, but it floored me that people I know who are, I, I consider, like, Republicans and conservative and everything liked that yeah, movie. Yeah, they liked it. Well, they just like Queen. Nah, yeah, maybe so. Queen. But yeah, they're, they're stomping along at Titans games. Yeah, to yeah that's true. That's true. It, maybe it's just the songs, but I know, I know for a fact that movie, if it had come out 15 years before, they would not have been down with any of no, the no. the gay content that they wouldn't have addressed it at all yeah um uh dog day afternoon which is a direct plot point of mm -hmm. the whole movie 
um al pacino is trying to rob a bank in order to get uh, his sex uh, change operation. boyfriend a sex change operation chris sarandon chris sarandon yeah oh, i just I showed this film to my parents yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, the movie's fucking awesome yeah dog day afternoon is awesome i just showed this film to my parents a couple of weeks ago they'd never seen it before so like, oh. you gotta watch this movie they loved it oh. mm-hmm. Snaps it's so good. yeah that was one of those movies i watched uh first time i watched it i was like i hate this movie it's terrible <laughs> oh yeah and then i watched it again i was like what was i thinking it happens all the time uh the favorite this is now on HBO. <laughs> it is. And uh, I've watched snippets of it. I've been waiting because I want to show it to my wife uh, to watch the whole thing. I fucking lo- Now, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> but you haven't seen it. Oh, this movie's what? weird. But you haven't seen it. No, no, no. I saw it in theaters. Oh, you're I'm just waiting, I'm to, watch waiting to watch wife. it again. Okay. Yes, oh it's borderline absurd. Uh, but Oh, yeah. But I love it. I Listen, I... I, I Yorgos Lanthimos is like right in my wheelhouse. I yeah, because I love the lobster. Uh, never saw Killing of the Sacred Deer. Yeah, I um, seen it either. but like, but this is just. And when I watch the thing and the anachronistic dancing, it's fucking awesome. Oh my God. She said, I, I, I like say... it when she sticks her tongue in my my my, my, my what. Yeah, what does she say? Sna- That's one of the weirdest final shots of any movie ever. It's fantastic it's a metaphor yes uh, well okay <laughs> this is this <laughs> i think this is like uh that's what i gleaned from it competitive lesbianism <laughs> yeah it is yeah it is <laughs> well it's okay it is but okay Do you, uh, it, it may it, i mean the two characters rachel vice and emma stone may not be okay that's what i was going to ask yeah. is is they're in pursuit of social power power, power. It, and the know. queen is yeah, is lesbian yeah but, or yeah or is open to it open anyway to it. yeah um what's crazy is that they don't i don't think there's any sex in the movie there's a like a little bit of kissing mm-hmm. with rachel weiss and olivia yeah. coleman in the library when she finds out but there's no like overt sex it's just like little pithy things like i like it when yeah. she sticks her tongue inside of me yeah right right right, right yeah. Uh, yeah and nicholas holt is awesome in this he movie. is and I, so I, good. I obviously didn't like this movie as much as you did but he w- that was revolution for me revolution yeah, yeah. <laughs> revolution. this was revelatory for me yeah, to see because i had mostly associated him with like beast from the x-men movies mm-hmm. but here he's just like he's got range yeah yeah uh gods and monsters which is uh the james whale bio uh, biopic ian mckellen playing james whale um this movie's really good brendan fraser yeah brendan, oh, fraser. Yeah, this movie's brendan fraser um and uh there's uh the uh i i, I guess james whale uh inserted a lot of gay subtext into frankenstein movies mm-hmm. um i'm not sure is it just the outcast part of I it i think it's just the outcast yeah mm-hmm um uh they in celluloid closet they uh they talk about the the whole idea of of gay characters having to die by the end of the movie mm-hmm. and there's a movie there's a tennessee williams uh movie that they suddenly last summer that's it and it's got elizabeth taylor and this is right after cat on a hot tin Roof, right right which is another one where they cut out all the, the, all gay, the gay that subtext. was in it yeah. oh there was uh, quite a bit in there right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um but uh but uh it and that uh was it called suddenly suddenly last summer suddenly last summer the 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 gay character isn't even seen you can't even they don't even show his face right and Ooh. it's all talked uh in flashback and everything mm-hmm. and they're and they're and by the end of it 
uh, this guy is getting torn apart by savages, essentially. And, right, he, right. and they said, well, this reminds me of, I think it's, Bri- yeah, it's Frankenstein, where they show, you know, all the villagers coming out. And they sort of like show them side. I don't know if they show side by side, but they do at least enter, you know, juxtapose those two movies. Uh, how they're chasing him up the hill and they've got the torches and everything. And the same thing's happening to this faceless person right, in right. this other movie. Um, it wasn't good enough to get a face. Right. Uh. But, uh, but I, I, I can't remember ever. I can't remember the plot of Gods and Monsters. I know that Brendan Fraser is like. Uh, is he hired as like a? As, He's a gardener. I yeah. think it's been a while since I've seen it too. He's hired as a gardener. Um, James Well is in failing health. I think he's losing a bit of his memory. Um, he can't draw anymore. He can't draw anymore. And mm. that's that's what he's. Uh, so yeah, he starts off as like his his staff member, and then like he. He sits with them basically, and he relays all these stories. Mm-hmm. And Ian McKellen is horny as hell in this oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah, like he he's he's constantly trying to get this dude naked, and, like trying to fuck with him and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> but he, didn't he win the Oscar this year? Oh, for this one? Uh, I know he got. I think he got, I, I think nominated. got nominated. I don't think he won it though. He's um, so good. It won something at the academy awards i can't remember what it was uh one screenplay oh, yeah that's hmm. right uh adapted screenplay uh it won let's see so bill condon won uh for screenplay and it was nom mckellen was nominated and uh lynn redgrave was nominated that's right oh wow um but uh but yeah this was this is a really good movie um i just haven't seen it in forever. yeah it's good uh heavenly creatures peter jackson's normal film from the night <laughs> yeah and this, <laughs> is a, this is a great movie i haven't seen forever but it's so fucking great melanie linsky again kate winslet it's in uh this well is this in, is a true story right oh yeah this is in my top five films of all time yeah well, I it's think. so good yeah. it's a great film um based on a true story uh two girls in christchurch new zealand uh completely obsessed with each other create this fantasy world their parents think their relationship is unhealthy. Um, they think that they're gay. They uh, conspire to separate them. And basically, these two girls kill the mother of, of one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and credits roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so good. And Kate Winslet. I mean, this is That was her early. first movie. That was her first movie. Yeah. And she that was, was Melanie's first movie too. Yeah. Was there really? was some. Yeah. I, I heard her. heard Melanie Linsky. I think it was a Mark Marin podcast talk about how she got cast for that movie and it's some unusual circumstance too i can't remember what it was huh. it, it may not have been that unusual it may have just been like an open casting call in new zealand and she just happened to win it but i th- seem to think that there was some sort of story behind her getting cast in that i wonder it's weird because she seems i guess the the roles that i identify her with or so American. Yeah. She's New Zealand as fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, her really? accent is so thick. And like yeah. the, the, there was an episode with Mark Marin actually of Easy, that show on Netflix, yeah, the Swanberg yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Right. where she, he's a professor and she's one of his students and she has her normal accent. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she, yeah, she, and I think she uses the same American accent and everything. So it sounds like she's just constantly just sounds like yeah. that, right? right. Yeah. This is she's the got, gal that's in Shattered Glass. No. Yeah, she's in it. She's in it. Uh, she was on the Charlie oh, Sheen Shattered show. Oh, Shattered Glass. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't. What Charlie Sheen show? Anger Management. No, the one with uh, <laughs> two and a half the men? boy. Two and a half men. Two and a half men. Yeah. I think she was a recurring 
okay on that yeah show. I, ne- I never watched that show so i didn't maybe, maybe i'll just not say things out loud I, no i bet I, I i the fact that you're bringing it up makes me believe that she's totally in that show look it up but now. i never watched it uh i i i love melanie linsky so much and when you brought up the movie um uh i don't feel at home i, don't feel at home I, 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 I watched it that, that night did you like it oh yeah yeah uh, isn't that a great movie I, i've seen that movie so many times really yeah it's, it's, so, it's, it's why I keep my Netflix account. It's so bonkers. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. Uh, it's uh, she's me in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The invisible, forgotten. She's a lot person, of us. You don't have to know. be an asshole. She's yeah. a lot of us. People but, are just well, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, they're assholes and dildos. <laughs> and and, what's it? and, and dildos. it's so violent, but it's so funny. The oh, violence yeah, is so funny. The, when the guy's hand gets blown off and she just automatically pukes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's the guy gross, looks but hilarious. Stop that! Stop but, that! <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she says uh, everybody is everybody's assholes and dildos and fuck faces. Yeah. <laughs> her sister's like, no. Well, it's no. funny. You just watch. Yeah, you just watch what her watch her uh, life uh, from the beginning until she says that. You wouldn't. You'd be hard pressed to disagree. Yeah, that's right. Because everybody she runs into yeah. are these people. Are these dildos? She was on Two and a Half Men. Yeah, and yeah. Was in Shattered Glass. When I you was thinking about it. the right person. No, no. Shattered Glass. I knew, but uh, Two and a Half Men. That's uh, you bargain up the wrong tree on that one. Uh, but she's in a ton of stuff, and I'd, uh, yeah, as soon as I heard she was in that, I was like, all right, go watch that tonight. Yeah, I'd like to also stuff. state for the record, I didn't regularly watch Two and a Half Men. I just, it reruns, you flipped stations, you see faces. Okay, now that you've been brave enough to admit it, no, I've never seen seen it. (laughs) It's also in weird places like IFC and shit like that. Yeah, I just don't want people coming away from the from this podcast thinking i watch that show regularly or or big bang theory neither one did i watch with any regularity ever Uh, we talked a little bit about hedwig and the angry inch Uh, i the the only thing about i thought this movie was a lot older for some reason hedwig it's 2001 yeah and i thought it was like 97 or 98 but i might have been thinking about velvet goldmine because that was another one that had come out around that time but um, based off of bowie and iggy pop mm -hmm. that movie yeah yeah um then there is high art i never saw this ali sheedy rada mitchell um yeah this is uh it's not necessarily it's on the artsy side of porny have you seen this yes i have yeah like it's it's i enjoyed it i did too i did it's depressing as fuck but i enjoyed it it is it is the Um, performances are good this is an early rada mitchell uh performance too patricia clarkson as the heroine junkie girlfriend of ali sheedy is amazing oh, in yeah. this movie. oh yeah and this is before you know six feet under before anything that she'd yeah yeah um, no this is this is a it's a good fancy fancy <laughs> it's, a good, it's yeah. a good like no it, it the, the title implies like it's 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 it, it's beautiful to look at um and good performances this is what i recommend for sure yeah, yeah. uh the hours which is the uh, virginia wolf mm-hmm. um uh it's a th- it's three different eras three stories mm-hmm. yeah or is it is it is it is it three stories in one era or is it three different eras i don't remember it's three it's different eras yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. virginia wolf writing the book whatever her magnum opus was yeah somebody in the 50s or so uh reacting to it and then somebody in the early 2000s yeah, yeah. meryl streep and julianne moore julianne moore's in the 50s yeah uh disappoint uh, like a a uh, desperate housewife, she yeah. like a housewife, yeah, who's just completely discontent with her life. Mm. 
Julianne Moore is in a lot of these type of movies. Mm. Um, uh, who's the? She works with this one guy who loves Douglas Sirk a lot, and I'm trying to remember the name. And that guy who do, who likes Douglas Sirk a lot makes movies like Douglas Sirk used to make these real over melodramatic stuff. Like, uh, and I'm trying to remember. I remember heard this guy's name. Is it Todd Haynes? It might be Todd Haynes. Okay. Uh, Todd Haynes did uh, what's that? Came he did Safe, I think. Far from Heaven. Far was the movie that i'm thinking of that she's in but she's in these she's in a lot of these super heavy melodramatic movies i mean obviously julianne moore's in everything can can do everything uh but there's a there's a certain amount of movies that she's in that has this kind of like that the douglas sirk influence douglas sirk douglas sirk did a movie called written on the wind and and i saw i saw this movie in college and the professor was like now i want you to take note of the amount of leaves coming in into the uh to the to the um the parlor when they open up the door or whatever and in the very beginning of this it's like a drunk robert stack uh driving down the road with some woman or whatever and they i think they crashes the car at this mansion they open the door and yeah sure enough it's like all these leaves are just blowing in and just like just a crazy amount of them and everything and and everybody just starts laughing because we were told um uh but yeah the hours who what is it julianne moore who's who has the relationship in it or is everybody there's there's this do you remember this is like some subtext running through all three of the storylines where virginia wolf has this odd relationship with this affection with her sister mm-hmm. that's uh that's you know unusual and julianne moore i think is attracted to another woman in her relationship mm-hmm. um and then there's something with the meryl streep character i forget what yeah. Julianne Moore abandons her husband and kid, and the kid later is played by, oh God, Melanie Linsky. No, not Melanie Linsky. <laughs> Find um, a way. Uh, uh, Ed Harris. Ed, Har- oh, Ed, yeah, Ed yeah. Harris is dying of some incurable disease or mm. something, and spoiler alert, ends up throwing himself out the window. Mm. Um, and that's the Meryl Streep uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, subplot of everything. Uh, I, I, I don't like so this many movie, people. So many people yeah. in this. This Claire movie. Danes, Jeff Daniels, Allison Janney, who's not Christine Bransky, <laughs> uh, Margot Martindale, Tony Collette, John oh, wow. C. Riley, um, but yeah, there's a lot of people. Mm. Miranda Richardson. Um, all right, so I'm gonna have to maybe possibly start running through. Some Let's of run these. it down, baby. Now that doesn't mean we maybe should just do this again at some point. So I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I am too. Um, Dave, are you having fun? I'm having fun. Sweet. I think you guys should do it again. I think you should also, uh, if you do do it again, invite uh, uh, lesbian commentators, people of color. Uh, Definitely want to do that. Tra- transgender people to because I am only one small. Oh, for sure. Opinion. We're, no, yeah, you speak for the entire LGBT <laughs> community, <laughs> no. right? Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, give that impression that you know that you're here to give us the the opinion that's written in <laughs> well, stone. Well, that's what it feels like. <laughs> God All damn right. It. Well, no. we just failed completely. No, 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 no. This we is failed. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to run some of these down. If we want to talk about them in detail, we can. I know there's a few on here that are definitely, but mm-hmm. some of them are like, yeah, okay, it's got some themes, but mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Uh, Howl, all I, I never saw the movie. James Franco's in it. Uh, I've read the Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know how they make a movie out of that. It, well, it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this? Nope. Read the book, never saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ginsburg was, was, had this, this long time relationship with, um, it's not his agent or his manager, but it was somebody closely associated with him in his career. Mm-hmm. And that's explored. And this, this seemed like a James Franco, I'm in the ha- height of doing my passion projects, you know. I mean, I think he's drawn to shit that is hard to make. Yeah. There's right? another movie like that called Kill Your Darlings about Ginsburg with uh, Harry Potter. What's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit about I Love You, Philip Morris. Then uh, a, a movie in the 90s that was, uh, I, I, it's very dated now, but in and out mm-hmm. came out it was a mainstream film from oh, paramount yeah. um what do we think about in and out today you know i haven't seen it since the theater mm-hmm. i liked it then it was a movie based off of tom hanks's acceptance right. speech for philadelphia <laughs> yes and then i thought that was genius just to create a movie out of that well uh, you know. and it's funny i think everybody had that moment when tom hanks was accepting his oscar yeah and just said oh yeah this is dedicated to my professor who was also gay and named him by name yeah and and i think a lot of us were sitting there going whoa wait a minute yeah yeah hopefully his <laughs> professor is out and he didn't yeah, just out his exactly drama professor. and Jesus. uh and yeah so they make this old movie and matt Dillon plays tom hanks in yeah. this or whatever yeah, yeah. but uh i thought this movie was really funny it's just that i don't know the the ending is one of those i am spartacus type endings yeah, that yeah. i don't i don't get on what, i don't get on board like with. i'm gay like everybody's everybody and everybody yeah. who has for the whole movie been homophobic and yeah. all of a sudden gay in solidarity you yeah, know? yeah 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 <laughs> the exactly. whole town turns around pretty quick because they I, will love say, this guy. I will say the wilford brimley one is funny like, <laughs> i'm i'm the i'm the man's father and i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> there's a I, this movie is complicated i think i loved it uh i probably haven't seen it in five or six years it's mm-hmm. got a lot of great jokes yeah because kevin klein is really funny yeah but the, there's a, the subplot with matt Dillon's model girlfriend yeah where they make some lazy jokes about like eating disorders and yeah whatnot. Oh, oh yeah she they yeah there's like a casual like i've got to go vomit yeah, or something like yeah. that yeah and so maybe the movie hasn't aged as well as i don't want to think <laughs> oh of there's no not. there's some definitely i mean i can think of a couple of scenes right now that in in and out that you wouldn't probably put in a movie today but joan cusack is brilliant in this movie. yes we'll she's brilliant is. in everything that's yeah true. that's true hey, joan cusack didn't she is get super nominated underrated. for that movie i think she did i think she did uh she is and then super... she got she won and she outed her former teacher as gay. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why it's so ironic and that was the basis she was for the movie no <laughs> uh in fact didn't it get uh, was that the only nomination yeah joan cusack was the only nomination for that movie uh a movie i remember coming out uh and everybody it was a big furor because patrick stewart was in it jeffrey, jeffrey. 1995 that was the first film he did right after star trek the next generation mm-hmm. went off the air and, and he wanted to do something different, really completely different than Jean-Luc Picard. As recently as a few years ago, somebody was like talking about how, look at look at Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, both out and proud. And Patrick Stewart came back on Twitter and was like, I'm not gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's this movie that has persisted that that misconception in people's minds oh yeah um because it was talked about a lot i mean it was a big big deal oh i remember people telling me like it was fact that david geffen and keanu reeves got married yeah i remember that and, what yeah and i was like 
I, I, I asked them very sincerely. I was like, do you not think that two people of that caliber got married, they would be able to keep that a secret? Wow. I had, I don't think I'd ever heard that one. That's yeah, crazy. Oh my God. That was, that was a thing. Urban of course, legend back in the 90s. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then just, uh, and of course that's been exacerbated since the internet, internet became mm. more used and everything. But yeah, I mean, everybody who ever did any Tom Hanks obviously had the rumors because of just doing Philadelphia, mm. uh, right. even though it was clear he was married and had kids and, uh, anyway, uh did you so jeffrey was that a good movie um i enjoyed it at the time i haven't seen it probably since it came out mm -hmm. um good performances good cast uh steven if, weber if steven memory weber, serves yeah. patrick stewart's like a like a bit character he's, he's a supporting yeah, character he's, he's like the best friend of steven weber yeah um, like the older gay male that you go to advice for yeah um uh steven weber's character is completely scared by the aids epidemic yeah. he swears off sex he goes celibate and as, as soon as he does that he meets like the guy of his dreams <laughs> who of course has hiv yeah. yeah and so he spends the entire movie debating on on what to do yeah so. um skipping over a couple to milk uh the the uh the biopic essentially of the san francisco mayor sean penn plays mm -hmm. harvey milk uh uh although and this was the first time i remember something like this happening but that's probably my narrow worldview dustin lance black who is gay and gus van sant who is gay were the creators of this movie mm -hmm. uh which is something that i don't think i had ever really seen before although it's probably happened a million times but that seemed to be a big deal back right, in right. 2008 uh milk i think sean penn is awesome in it very deserving of the oscar and mm -hmm. everything uh i don't know if i like the movie too much though well, no, no, I didn't. It's a very like slow film. Um, is it Brolin that plays? His, Brolin. His, Brolin's in it. He's the he's, yeah. He's the he's the uh, the rival candidate. Yeah, he's the guy who ends up killing Miller. killing him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean Penn does a great job. I do not believe that he could attract James Franco or Diego Luna. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's like uh, it's like the movie but, Chef where John Favreau. Yeah, beds yeah. Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson. Right, right. Does he sleep with Scarlett in that movie? Or? Oh yeah, that's that's postcoital. Is that pasta? Okay, <laughs> postcoital pasta. Postcoital pasta. I've, <laughs> I've made it many times. Uh. <laughs> so have I. Please elaborate. <laughs> uh. That's a good band name. Speaking, yeah, speaking pasta. of postcoital pasta, no. Just, um. Now, no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, no, Monster uh, is uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie's there. And I always, I swear to God, I heard it pronounced Charlie's. And this is why I say that all the time. Hey, you have that. I have Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where you heard that. But. I tell, you were right. It's hockey players. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but. Uh, I've got Mia Jojovich, so. Oh, oh yeah. There yeah you go. That's true. That's true. I think. See, I blamed, now. I blamed uh, Joan Rivers for that one. That's yeah, she, see, I actually heard that, and I used to say that all Mia the time. Jojovich, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci. Uh, obviously, the movie's more about. Uh, God. What was Aileen Warnos? Aileen Warnos. Aileen yeah. Warnos, yes. Um, it, I, I would say that it was more about that than really the lesbian relationship. It's interesting because I, I, I liked this movie. I haven't gone back and watched it, mm -hmm. but 
the movie is presented to where Christina Ricci's character is the whole motivation of this murder spree because she wants to take care of her mm -hmm. and she's not able to get any like real work. Yeah. She's presented as a very sympathetic character, rightfully so, because she's had a history of trauma and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but not a, it's one of those movies that we were talking about last week where like I thought it was very good, but I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. Mm. No, another movie that also has, a, I think, a documentary, too, that if you want to watch that yeah. instead. Uh, there, I, I don't know what the the documentary was called, but uh, but it's another one of those where you can have a, I have an option. Mm -hmm. uh, Moonlight, best picture uh, from 2016. Hey, I just watched this. Yeah? This movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's depressing as balls. Yes, it is. Again, really that's why it was nominated for an Oscar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And one um, controversial. I, I yeah, really yeah. liked Moonlight. I didn't I didn't think it was best picture. I still think La La Land's best picture that year. But, I agree. Uh, but Moonlight is really, really good. And, and talk about... You know, I mean, I don't know if this was ever mainstream. I don't know if I, I don't know if you could just go to a, your multiplex and watch this. Do you remember if you could? I think it was just, that's where I saw it. Or Green it. Hills, so, wherever yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, finally, maybe, possibly, we, ha we had come a long way, as Hillary Swank said, in 2000, and then we skipped over Brokeback Mountain mm -hmm. and then finally awarded this movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, Moonlight is really good. Really beautiful movie uh highly recommend that one uh mulholland drive has a lesbian scene in it. <laughs> you know that's sure a, it's probably it, it's the thing that you can't you can't like think about this movie without thinking of it well the, the note in there is if that you're literally yeah if you're straight <laughs> the only straight. the only thing that i know actually happened in the movie that wasn't a dream was that they had sex <laughs> yeah uh but mall and drive is an excellent film we love david lynch mm -hmm. uh we said we we talked about my own private idaho uh the perfection mm -hmm. i've heard of this this is the netflix uh allison williams and uh oh steven oh. weber <laughs> oh wow no no I've, I've done more than heard of this i've seen this <laughs> the, it's such an innocuous title well that's the thing it's so innocuous that i was like uh okay yeah i don't know maybe also but, perfection is the name of the town in the tremors movies <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just fyi <laughs> i don't know why i know that have you uh, seen this, Dave? Shout out to Michael Gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm still not a TV person. I've like have a backlog of things. I just I just started watching The Handmaid's Tale last night. That's how mm. far back I am. Well, this is on a movie. TV. Yeah, it's a movie. It's on Netflix, but it's yeah. a movie. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. It's 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 bonkers. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. Um is uh is one of my favorites on this list mm -hmm. um it's uh i i don't know what i i think that that tom hanks thing when he's going through the when he's listening to the maria callas at the end and that's always been very moving to me and uh the the courtroom drama is very compelling and everything i just love everything about it and and you know and the denzel washington character it could have been easy to just make him, oh, yeah, I'm totally sympathetic to the cause and everything. But he's not. He's not mm -hmm. sympathetic. No. And it takes a it takes a party for him to finally go, mm -hmm. okay, I see you more as human now. It's only when he's dying that he actually touches his face. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he's got to. Yeah, that, and, and I never thought of it that way, too. That's, uh, that's a, I mean, that's a, a beautiful observation. Mm. Uh, I never thought about the, the touching part of it. Um, 
But like, yeah, I mean, he shakes his hand at the beginning of the movie, and he's and then he says, he, "I have AIDS," and then yeah. he kind of like yeah, away yeah, and wipes his hand off, you know. Right, right. I never thought of it that way. Great that, soundtrack too. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. More than just the Springsteen song. That whole soundtrack's great. Mm-hmm. What else is on that soundtrack? Thank you for making me. Uh, on the you, well, there's, there's, a, anything there's a Neil about. Young. There's, there's a, a Neil Young song yeah. that's great. Oh, okay. Um, I, do, I, I don't like Springsteen at all, but I love that song. City of brotherly love. <laughs> that's exactly how it sounds. <laughs> that's my that's my Neil Young impression. Yeah. You know, it's it, that's it, pretty good. It, no, it actually works perfectly. That's also the song. That's what he yeah. sings. The melody, everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia is one of my favorite on here. And if 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 I may be so uh, biographical about this. I grew up much like Jeremy did, uh, you know, grew up in a household that was taught this was wrong and, and everything. And that's it. Now I want, I'm not going to say this movie totally just made, changed my mind about things. Cause you know, it still was another like 10 years. I had to actually interact with gay people. Uh, Russell at our, mm-hmm. at our theater was a, was a, you know, big breakthrough too. And it took forever for me to get to that point where I'm like, you know what was i hmm. concerned about here and uh philadelphia though was was one of those early seeds because that's you know you realize there's a human drama here mm. and everything and so i consider philadelphia to be one of those movies for me you know brokeback mountain was probably the one that bookended that and you know eventually you're just like okay i don't know what i was being concerned about mm. here um so uh but yeah i I love that movie rent obviously uh is uh i love this movie so yeah, much uh yeah i mean i've seen both the play and the movie um only one had drew lachey though yeah that's right that's right <laughs> that is correct this uh, used to be an ungoogleable movie by the way oh yeah rent movie oh yeah yeah oh god yeah oh yeah uh, and drew movie. lachey was fabulous in that in that role I, that's what you said yeah, yeah he was totally good um i tried to see if there's any coverage for my upcoming sequel to my book and i googled strings book that's also a useless google is my mm. point oh, that's a yeah. useless google yeah. find a bunch of books about strings <laughs> our, G, our, our, author's name string our next episode will be about ungoogleable uh, un- uh <laughs> entertainment uh, we'll start with it and then uh, <laughs> uh but uh yeah uh then there's rocky horror picture show which we talked about uh a single man i never saw this this has it was colin firth was in this yep. colin firth um we were just talking about him from the favorite uh nicholas, nicholas, nicholas Holt. Holt. Yeah. that's right yeah, yeah yeah he's the one that uh that kind of revives him right for, right he's like a he's a prostitute I yeah, think, yeah right yeah mm-hmm. uh this is a good movie i think yeah I remember it being good. I've seen it once. I was told it's very dramatic. I've never seen it, but I was. This is what, it 2009? was nine, somewhere around there, because a, a serious About man came ago? out the same year. Oh, yes, oh my yes. god! And so it was one of those things where you like, which is the Coen Brothers film, and you <laughs> always got confused. Yeah, got very confused yeah, yeah. because because I would call, I would, I would definitely invert them during that time so the gay film or the jewish film? <laughs> yeah yeah uh it was pretty much that yeah uh then we have summertime i've never seen this you've seen this uh cecile de france is in this yeah it is a okay i mean i'm coming from a straight male perspective but mm-hmm. this didn't get to porny level to me it is a very it's a french film french uh belgian film uh that depicted a like a very tender relationship between two women and 
honestly, I don't know. I, I think there's some nudity in it, but there's not like it's not salacious at all to me. It is beautiful though. It's very much like Call Me by Your Name in terms of like the the imagery and stuff like that. Cool. It's a good one. And rounding out this list, you have Carol written down, which uh, I've seen. Uh, I don't remember much about what it. What did a, a C movie show up at the end of this fucking? Yeah, list? I don't either. Uh, but th- it's Kate Blanchett and Ro- Rooney Mara. And if I bo- and if I remember correctly, Kate Blanchett is oh, I saw this is a wealthy like mm-hmm. uh, is you know, and she doesn't want to be found out about this, and that's mm-hmm. the the story is she keeps putting Rooney Mara mm-hmm. back, even though she's obviously in love with her and everything. Nobody puts Rooney in a corner. No. <laughs> nobody does uh if there was any movie on this list uh underneath i would talk about i would want to talk about it would be the imitation game um uh, have you have you seen it yet no but i read about it and i did not realize the ending to that story yeah the uh the turing uh yeah uh is it alan turing yeah alan turing, alan turing yeah. um yeah i mean the movie is about how he breaks the german codes obviously but um but there's also also in great britain at the time it was illegal to be gay mm. and uh and he was found out and uh yeah they they uh they ruined his life uh essentially um uh and i don't know when that i mean obviously great britain is ahead of us when mm-hmm. it comes to being progressive and everything uh i don't know when they decided to remove those laws but I don't know uh either. same thing happened to oscar wilde though oh really yeah yeah there was there's a specific charge in britain that i was reading about that's like being criminally salacious or something like that and uh he, he, the the sentence is chemical castration mm-hmm. yeah and the the i guess that the title card from what i was reading or the end card said that like fifty thousand forty nine thousand men were sentenced to this and, yeah. and had that happen. I'm like, oh, because when you think about the touring test and you think about yeah. Alan Turing and all that stuff, it, I had no idea about it. It's stuff. a, it's a, it's a thing in the imitation game. Just, just from an art perspective, you wonder if it needed to be included into this. Cause I don't, cause it's about his code breaking more than it is anything else. Mm. And the, that, part is more of a coda to the whole movie it's almost like right. lincoln where the movie's all about this one piece of legislation and then at the end don't forget he was assassinated later yeah 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 <laughs> right because it's like, a story about like, lincoln we have to talk yeah, about yeah but i mean i think it has to be in there because there's not it's not like you're going to make another alan turing movie right, right after you kind of have to cover that ground but they they sort of dance around it when he's uh uh hanging out with kira knightley throughout the movie and he does he marry her i don't even remember if he marries her or what but um but you she knows he's gay mm. and it's sort of uh just as a front and and everything but um and i don't know it, it that part of it sort of comes out of nowhere because we're taken through this intrigue of him figuring all this out and then oh yeah by the way he was chemically castrated for his yeah is this a good movie i've i've had to go back and forth on that one not sure the the him cracking the code and and everything that's exciting it seems interesting it's it's by it's you know it's long after he's had his service and everything and these people visit him these two like soldiers or i don't detectives or whatever meet visit him at his apartment 
and they ask him questions and then i think they're convinced by the time they leave that he's gay and so they're gonna have to do something but Mm. um i haven't seen it in a while obviously uh but uh yeah it's just one of those things it seems like a coda at the end but the movie's good the movie's good i'm gonna say it's good uh but uh yeah uh Imitation game is good just bec- just because of like what he has to do to to solve all this and some of the the moral quandaries or that are the or I guess it was a, is it a moral or ethical decision in there where they crack the code but they can't they can't do it right away oh because right. if they do then the Germans will know that they know right and and I, I'm sure this didn't happen in real life but they have to make it dramatic in the movie. Someone on his team is like, my brother is on one of those ships. You have to tell them, blah, blah, blah. And he's, and he's like, no, we can't do that because the whole war will be lost that mm-hmm. way. You know, That's one of the best scenes, in the movie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, even though it probably didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we will have to do this again sometime. There's a lot more, obviously, to discuss. Mm-hmm. There's more than just the movies themselves, but just the, you know, there's bad representations and then people <laughs> there are movies that try to i mean that we could talk a whole podcast on bad representations i now pronounce you chuck and larry yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um but uh but uh we would like to thank dave uh Irwin for Yay, showing up thank you thank you guys and giving us your fun. perspective on this and everything and uh yes we will do, we will definitely revisit this at some point i really appreciate the first part of this the the historical relevance and the fact that you guys both know the celluloid closet so well that was on one of the ones that i could see on every list like you, you know this is an it. important one i'm going yeah. to um and uh, i'm glad that you guys that that was a nice leaping off point because um th- it seems like that informs a lot of what came before and what came after yeah. yeah well thanks for doing this episode i mean like like i said earlier it's all about visibility you know mm-hmm. you know it's uh uh the lgbt community even in 2019 is still a very very small minority represented in film um it's Mm. getting better it's getting better um but yeah i appreciate you doing an episode about this yeah uh and uh we we're we're glad to do it um but uh and we should probably do it more like i said we're going to probably try to find there is a lot more to talk about oh for sure that's why like by the end of this i'm sitting here going man there's so many other things (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but uh we but this is uh you know this is ripe for uh revisiting over and over so um okay so that's going to do it for this uh this week uh keep going to syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh, there's a cinema sense, Twitter, MVS Twitter. Uh, we have a discord. I may have to give you a private link to that. Um, if you, uh, if you want to, if you want to come on Facebook and ask for one, I'm usually around to give you one. Um, it's a direct feed to Chris's bedroom. That's correct. <laughs> yes. It's like big brother, Chris edition. <laughs> Chris edition. He's laying in bed, checking his phone. <laughs> What's up guys? Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, and David Irwin. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. Dave Jeremy wrote a book. He actually wrote two books. Okay. 
And <laughs> one is out. One was out in June, right? Yeah. Well, it's been out for a while. And then the sequel to it is coming out in September. And it's I actually wrote three awesome. books, but, but the first one was shit. And I've never read that first one. Well, and you probably won't unless Chris <laughs> slides it to you on the on the down low. I probably don't have that anymore. I wouldn't think. Was it on a file, or you didn't print it? Did you? Uh, well, we were actually because it was it was two thousand four. Yeah, but I was the using only a reason email. I remember that. Only reason I remember that is you brought up. I had not heard of Team America at the time. It might have been two thousand three even. Uh, Team America came out in 2004, but I think the trailer for Team America had come out. And you said, have you seen this new trailer that Trey Parker and Matt Stone, this new movie? And I was like, no, I had no idea they were making a movie. Yeah. And I remember uh, watching that trailer at your British Woods. Apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now you can quote that movie in your sleep. I can. <laughs> I can. It sounds very nice. British Woods. But it was actually a really nice apartment really? complex. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But nice. Uh, I don't know anymore. It was gated. Had a pool. Ooh. But yeah, that uh, that book was time travel based. Yes, set in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Set in Nashville, and um, <clears throat> I think in hindsight, I don't want to write any time travel stories because it's, they all—they're hard. Apart. They're hard. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're hard. They are, man. My main character walks into his lab. He's trying to find time travel, and he's failing. Walks into his lab, and somebody has written the formula on the chalkboard for him. Huh. Thus, he creates time travel. By the end of the book. He, d- he hates that he did that. So he goes back in time and he races the chalkboard just before he walks in the room to see it. Hmm. That doesn't work. Well, depending on your timeline logic, <laughs> if you're using Avengers Endgame logic. Then- I'm saying there's no time. There's no time travel logic that makes that work. It's just a very cool visual <laughs> of him wiping the board clean and then he disappears because he doesn't exist anymore. And the, the eraser falls to the ground. But th- that is a very good uh, visual. But then who wrote it in the first place? Tony Stark? No, his nemesis. His business partner, Nemesis. Oh, I'm spoiling the book. It's not. No, I want to no, read it. No, I would be embarrassed to have you read that book. <laughs> I would rather let book? you read. <laughs> I would rather let you read some of the sins I write late at night when I'm drunk that the next morning I have to erase. I had a reason I wrote that. <laughs> and I just was like, nope, not even going to look at the footage. Taking that one out. <laughs> Normally I'm not. I don't start the session with like revealing terrible jokes that I wrote. There there are times where things pop in your head and you'll want to write it down and you're like, I better not. Yep. It's just, it's just, it's just, no. Yep. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, there are a couple of people livid about that Louis Tomlinson joke, just so you know. Oh, really? Whoever wrote that. That was me, yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> what? Uh, in Shazam. Have you seen Shazam? Yes. So uh, we did the uh, CinemaSense video for Shazam. It was me and uh, Aaron, I think, that wrote on it. And there's a part where... It's a really good movie, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a part where a dude uh, is storming off. He's like, name me a good sidekick or a cool sidekick. And the guy can't come up with an answer. And so the sin, the narration is like Louis Tomlinson referencing in particular the fan fiction episode from Euphoria mm-hmm. where they have you seen Euphoria I at all the show? Not. I actually have not. They, so. she, she writes fan fi- One of the characters writes fan fiction about Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson. OK. Uh, behind the scenes, like he's super nervous. And so Harry agrees to relax him. <laughs> and uh, so I wonder there's no way that they get that subtext, by the way. Right. Like the people that are mad about it, they're just. No. Mad because we made a One Direction to call him a sidekick. He's a <laughs> hero. He's a yeah. 
Those are the <laughs> ones that I love. People get outraged about, and they don't know why they're outraged. Yep. Well, they, they don't know they, why they're. It's true. They, they, I guess they know why they're outraged, but you know, they don't really, you know, they don't know why the no. sin was written or yes. what the purpose behind it was. It's the words. It's, it's, it's like Adele, right? When we did Adele, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you, how do you sound in the, your um, in your cans there? Sound okay? Sound yeah, sounds fine. What was the uh, SNL episode with Tom Hanks as the uh, roadie for Aerosmith? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sibilance, sibilance, yeah, yes. Sibilance. <laughs> testing, testing, sibilance. It puts, puts all the scarfs on there. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how they did that. I don't remember how they got Aerosmith to play Wayne's basement. Well, they were the musical guests on the right, episode, exactly. Of course, but I'm just wondering, like how, within the within yeah, the narrative in the of world. the show, in Aurora, Illinois, did they find? Did they get Aerosmith to get agree Aerosmith? to be on the show? <laughs> yeah, I need to watch that episode again. Yeah, most popular public access television show, and we could Illinois. say the same thing about the North Pole and Polar Express, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I watched. Uh, speaking of Dead Eyes, I watched um, Tron Legacy again yeah. a couple of days ago. Mm. Every time I watch that movie, it gets a little more and more uncanny valley with Clue and Jeff Bridges. Oh, uh, well, that's true. Oh, if only because now it was when it came out. It was, but I bought it more when it came out. But I was like, man, that's amazing. Because improved the technology. Yeah. It's like watching Monster House when Jonathan oh, and I both wrote like 10 up. jokes about yeah. how shitty the animation was. And this was only like 20, 15 years ago. Yeah, no, that, that <clears> animation is. No, but Tron Legacy is my shit. Mm-hmm. The animation's all crappy. Mm-hmm. I like to take drugs and watch that movie. Yeah, I've watched it way too many times now. <laughs> yeah, I've probably seen it a dozen times. And I watch Passengers again. We're starting to get Why like same brain. That? Why did you do that? I can't wait to see your cut though, man, because I was I was cutting it myself in my brain. What fascinates me is how many times I've tweeted about it and how many people still didn't understand what that tweet meant. <laughs> like 85% of the responses had no I, no clue I was recutting it, and that's what I was watching. They just thought I was watching the movie. Mm. Have you seen Passengers? I have not. The Chris Wait. Pratt, um, Jennifer oh, Lawrence. Oh, the Jennifer Lawrence from 2016. Um, I yes, but I have to admit I was a little bit drunk when we went and saw it. Perfect way to see it. So mm. I don't remember anything about it That's except great. for the fact that uh, Jennifer Lawrence was a little bit rapey towards towards Chris Pratt. I guess or was the other way around. It was the other or way the, around. Okay. Well, yes. Yes. Depends on how Rapey, you look murdery, at it. Rapey, murdery, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But it's it's a fascinating movie, even though it's bad. <laughs> so <laughs> Jeremy's going to recut it to where it's it's a fascinating It's a fascinating movie about an unhealthy relationship that is portrayed to be healthy. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Yes. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Will you cut that? I was on the Behind the Sins last week. And Danae was talking about uh, some comment in the Pulp Fiction video that we did where they said that, ah, Uma Thurman, she's half goddess and half tree frog or something like that. Oh, this was a comment? Yeah. And mm. and uh, and and I was like, I, 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 I'm instantly reminded that like so many times women I find gorgeous and have no flaws, there's always people out there that find something like that i would have never thought of yep. and 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 still wouldn't even afterwards that's why there's that meme guy 
who I think uh, first time I ever saw it was in the comment section of Ain't It Cool News, but it's the guy who who doesn't like that actress because her knees are too pointy. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've seen it recycled a whole bunch. Uh -uh. Like before Twitter, it was like oh, her knees her knees are too pointy. I don't like her. That's I think that's making fun of that kind of uh, yeah. you know, scrutinizing yeah. <laughs> goddess. Totally <laughs> makes sense. Uh, Half tree frog. Yeah. When I was uh, I brought up the thing oh. where I was like I talked about how I brought up Lauren Hill in a conversation of gorgeous women and two of my friends were like nah she's not she's not all that attractive That's and i was like are you serious man. lauren hill they must not have seen uh the second sister act yeah i know i <laughs> or know the, or the first one you have no, to it's the second one, one. <laughs> it's the second one. yeah you have to see you have to see the second sister act back to really the, know back in the habit she's all she's gorgeous in that movie <laughs> yeah, though she is. she's just gorgeous in general but she's still gorgeous um if not just for the performances of I'm sinking. <laughs> My chair fell. Um, if not for the performances of uh, Jim Carrey and Do we need Ewan them? McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sinking. Yes. You're going to edit that out, right? I needed an old priest and a young priest. <laughs>